Hello, everyone. You get a nice little primer with this episode. Um, the process of recording this episode was a little arduous compared to usual. Uh, we had some issues that caused us to split our recording up into two separate nights, which causes things to be a little bit disjointed. Uh, also, we each had respectively not-so-awesome weeks, uh, and some weird stuff happened. So me in particular at certain parts of the podcast, uh, especially in the second recording, I'm off my game. So I do apologize if this week's episode seems a little bit mm, subpar compared to other episodes, but I do assure you that we put maximum effort into it and still think that you'll enjoy the, the show. Also... Uh, there, there are politics, so beware. Go for the theme song. Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's show was recorded on January the 24th, 2017. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always... The lead singer in our new bluegrass band. <laughs> Caffeine Rage. And boy, that's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yep. On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we played. Small devs can make big threats. We'll have some general topics this week. When does PC hardware become obsolete? Are our standards too high for modern AAA game devs? We'll have our weekly community corner and our Steam weekly deals discussion, and I'm going to remember this week because I put it in bold letters. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Uh, good evening. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out where a person's modern area is. Yeah. Uh, is I guess the, it depends that, on if... Is that what the kids are calling it these days? I mean, you're mo- like if you're postmodern, then your area is everywhere, but if you're modern... Then your modern area is like. Yeah, if I had a lot better memory, I would start quoting Modern Man from George Carlin. <laughs> I'm a modern That's... man, a man for the new millennium. And I'm blanking on the, some of the terms for the next line. <laughs> Maybe that's where the modern area is. It's just George Carlin. We'll have uh, to go to his grave. Can you imagine if George Carlin were alive right now? I, 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 yeah. We'll leave it at that because, yeah. I wish he was, but we will we will delve into that at a specific time in the podcast. Hopefully, we hopefully. wait till then. No, hopefully we oh. wait until then. <laughs> I felt- think once we get going, we'll be fine. Yeah, and well, in theory, hypothetically, and, yeah, perhaps. And everyone knows what we're dancing around, so we don't, <laughs> we're not going to say it. Well, especially if they follow you on Twitter. We I- know you all know. And if you don't know, know, I don't want to ruin your virgin ears, eyes, life. (laughs) No, I'm not talking about my penis. I could make a joke right now, but nah. (laughs) That would be, like you, too easy. Wink. So, how was your day-to-day, Rage? You told me a story, which I know you said you weren't going to repeat. In general, if you could sum it up. Uh, medical supplier is still, uh, fucking incompetent. It's just mind-boggling how, uh, fucking incompetent these people are, and I don't really want to go too much into it. But you said they were the best medical supplier (laughs) of the Valley a few years ago. 
Yeah, I'm willing to bet they're the only medical supplier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll stop there. I just couldn't resist making that joke. It's kind of like, that might become a new Frank's Not Frank's. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. You know, we have a Fred's here. I discovered the other day. Oh, really? We have a Fred's, yeah. Although Fred's is a grocery store. I haven't found a not Fred's yet. I need to look harder. <laughs> no, no, no. You just have to create your own. <laughs> I don't think I have the money to create a, a not Fred's. I can make a sign. That's pretty cheap. And just go next door and put it up. Yeah. <laughs> Take a picture of it. I I also had, well, I mean, my day wasn't quite as uh, angering as yours was, but I had a a, a weird rough Tuesday like not a bad day just like a meh like meh when will this be over day I had uh I've got a new client and they're they're uh they're a doozy oh really real doozy oh yeah well you yep, can't yep, tease yep. it like that they're a, a married couple older married couple uh they're court ordered to come oh one of those uh, to therapy yep and uh I'm not convinced that they are actually going off of their drugs they don't they don't look like they're going off of their drugs and they don't sound like they're going off of their drugs but Uh, it's only one session it's only one session i'm trying not to judge too much out loud it's just one of those things it's like i've been doing this just long enough to be like yeah i don't think you guys are actually want to make any changes you're just doing this because you have to Mm -hmm. so and there's children involved which makes it even worse Uh. because I'm going to have to, I might have to make a judgment call partway through treatment. It's like, well, you guys aren't really making any progress. I'm going to have to recommend that the court does not give your children back to you. Which I'm uh, sure is a sucky thing to have to say, but. uh, It's, it's lose-lose. It's just, it's lose-lose. So, but I've been trying not to think too much about that. I had another new client today. Yeah, the entire time you're just sitting there, uh, uh, uh. I always screw that up uh, like this. Oh, it doesn't want to show. Oh, Cat's wow. gif. <laughs> <laughs> With a K. Well, no, that's actually the character's name. Oh, okay. It, it, it's a cartoon I told you about before. It's uh, Dr. Cat's uh, 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 therapist. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so I, I think I that today. you would either love it or hate it. And the thing is that the uh, voice actor uh, and the writer for the show is actually a therapist. <laughs> well, that's pretty fancy. Um, but yeah, I had that today, and then like today was just a weird day. Like I was completely off of my game all day because I had a uh, I had to have an emergency session with a client, mm-hmm. and that always messes up my schedule because it's like, well, you have to come here right now. And that means that either I have to change something or I have to see if I can shuffle around other people. So I went in early today. Normally Tuesday is a a short day at the clinic for me. Mm. But I was there for a lot longer than I normally am. I mean, I'm fine. It wasn't like a terrible day. I just was like, eh, all day. I know. I'll just drop the uh, cat skiff into Discord and confuse the fuck out of them. (laughs) (laughs) I have to open Discord back up. 
<laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and if you uh, wish to uh, see exactly what we're doing, <laughs> because this is the visual part of the podcast. Yep. yep, yep. Uh, then join our Discord. <laughs> Be confused. <laughs> well, more so than usual. Yep. Uh, is now a good time to transition to games that we played without a segue at all, but just forcing a transition. <laughs> uh, you act like you haven't done that before. I've never, I've never done that. How dare you suggest? <laughs> How dare you presume that I would do such a thing on a, a regular basis? <laughs> uh, well, it's either that or you absolutely murder uh, the transitions, which... I do regularly do that. I I sacrifice the transitions soul to the the god of puns. It's not quite as good as a pretty, you know, as a bad pun or a dad joke, but it accepts my sacrifice cuz, you know, it knows that I'm kind of weird. Kinda? Kinda. I hate to see your definition of weird, but then again, you are a therapist, so you've probably seen some weird shit. You have no idea. I probably don't want to know. <laughs> oh, but you know, it, I'm gonna have to do this tomorrow too. I'm leading like a, a discussion group, uh, in a class, and I'm like doing. I I told them all I was like, okay, I'm gonna be my internet personality for this, so you guys just be ready. But you have a personality. I thought you were just oh. weird. Eh, well, I do. I I mean, I I don't like pretend to be someone different but i do have to tone it down a little bit because i i do need to you know work <laughs> so it's it's more the uh, the mask comes off on the internet than it goes on yeah i uh, i i operated a hundred percent here i operated about 90 85 to 90 percent in the real world but there's there there's sometimes in certain areas can be a big difference in that 15 percent Oh boy, they are in trouble. <laughs> We're gonna have fun. We're gonna have a lot of fun. Anyways, speaking of having fun, oh yes, I made one happen. Let's go talk about the games we played this week. And then you absolutely murdered it, uh, which means I'm... that you're trying to escape now. Oh wait, wait, wait! This week's podcast brought to you by uh, today's best music. Ones to watch in 2017. Filled with names of artists that I, some of them I can't even pronounce, let alone recognize. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hit play. Let's see if any of this is good. I'll, I'll report back later on in the show. Uh, you're not going to remember that. Nah. All right, so what'd you play this week, Rage? I'm uh, interested in, in a couple of these. Well, the first one is Paco... Car Chase Simulator. This was the Sunday sampler for, well, this past week. And it's essentially a better version of another game that I played that also was a mobile port, Escape Close Call. But I still have some major problems with this one. <laughs> oh. Okay. Okay, well, this is an isometric, and you just lost interest. <laughs> uh, it's actually on my wish list. Yeah, well... So is about half of the games on Steam. That's very true. I have a large library. You have a large wish list. Between the two of us, we probably have two-thirds of Steam covered. Mine's bigger than yours. Wish list-wise, yeah. 
Anyways, carry on. uh, But this is an isometric uh, car chase simulator where you're trying to... I'm I'm not convinced that you could escape. It's more just see how long you can last. And it is a mobile port of, uh, well, the same game. But there are some differences. For one, they actually took a feature out when they ported to PC. And they removed the third-person camera completely. Because on mobile, uh, you have a third-person camera view, but you don't have it on PC. And they're not sure if they're going to put it back in, which is a little weird. And also on mobile, it is ad-supported. It's essentially completely free. You just watch a couple ads to get credits to play the game. And depending on how well you do, you also get credits, supposedly. I, I will admit that I hadn't really looked too far into just how generous they are, though. Yeah. But anyway, you are trying to escape the cops, uh, and uh, you're going around various arenas, essentially. Uh, different themed arenas, like the first level is a mall. The second level is a suburbs. Third is actually a graveyard with zombies running around. <laughs> okay. And they are pretty uh, decently sized. And it is one hit kill. So you run into something, you're dead. Yeah, there's no side swiping something and driving on. Now, Even zombies? Uh, well, zombies, uh, Well, uh, th- that's one of my downsides of it is that there are some things you can run over, and there's some things that you can't. And there's really no distinction of what you can or can't. For example, zombies you can run over. Uh, the tombstones and the graveyard you can run over. But at the mall, well, well, well the mall is a better example of this. Uh, you can run through light posts. But there's the mall sign that you could, uh, that you can't run through. But the cops could run through and actually knock the letters into you. And I had that happen several times. Okay. And also, depending on uh, the power-ups you get, it also changes what you can and can't run over. And that's also another detriment to the game is the power-up system, because there's both positive and negative power-ups. And some of the negative power-ups are pretty much an instant game over. There's one that's a warp that warps you to a random spot on the map. And I've had it warp me and then right in front of a tree and kill me multiple times. And it makes it so that if you have a decent run going, which at least for me, decent is, I would say, plus 20, 25 seconds because the cops are just ruthless in this game. Yeah, they're, uh, it's the swarm version of, of a cop chase. Think of it as GTA at about four or five stars, only okay. without the spike strips. Yeah, where uh, it's it's the ending scene to Blues Brothers, where it's every cop in the world coming down on you. All right? Okay. That's exactly what it is. It's that scenario. So, yeah, you know, lasting more than a, a few seconds and getting a, a good run going uh, is where you're trying to uh, get the sweet spot for it. But you're uh, ha- trying to get a power-up. You'll get a power-up that just uh, will make it so that you're immediately driving in reverse. And if you have a cop right behind you and you pick up that power-up, game over. Yeah. So you see how the power-up system, the negative power-ups, uh, it could make it so that you're actually avoiding picking up power-ups if you have a decent run going. Because you don't want to 
yeah. get something that's randomly negative. Yeah, I would have much preferred uh, there be a delay when the power-up gets uh, picked up. Think of it sort of Mario Kart-ish, where, you know, how it does the sort of the slot machine. Yeah. And it has, let's say, a second before it uh, becomes active, so you can prep yourself if you see a negative uh, debuff come up. That sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, let's see, what else? Um, I did say the, the arenas are uh, pretty uh, 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 pretty large. They st- they aren't claustrophobic, but they aren't so large that uh, th- it doesn't feel like you're it's trapped in an arena, because you definitely feel that. Uh, oh, the camera, the camera. The, it, it has, uh, it's technically an isometric camera, but you're able to rotate it, but the rotation on the camera is so damn slow that it's completely irrelevant. You cannot rotate the camera all that much in a very short time frame to the point where trying to do so, it's just going to wreck you because, you know, it's throwing off your perspective as you're trying to rotate it around. I'd say it takes a good five or six seconds to go 180 degrees. It's just uh, stupidly slow. Yeah, that is really slow. Frustratingly slow. Does that cause you to crash a lot? Uh, well, it got to the... Uh, I tried moving the camera a couple times, and I realized that it moves so slow that it isn't even worth trying to adjust the camera. Right. And because of how the uh, camera is, and, you know, the isometric view, there'll be times that you'll go behind uh, scenery, and if it was a faster camera, I would move the camera. Or even if it was a snap, you know, uh, to the north, uh, south, east, and west of the map, you know, uh, have it where you could quickly change your view. That would have been a lot better, but where it's just so slow. Oh, it feels like a remnant of a uh, uh, the phone version where, you know, you could quickly swipe. But because right. I was playing with a gamepad, I could only move so quickly. Right. But it does play well with a gamepad. And that, that's the... That's the really the damning thing of this is that it isn't a terrible game. It's just a very flawed game. Right. And it's also a very simple game because once again, it is a mobile port. So there's not a, I won't say that mobile games can't be deep, but they tend to be on the more shallow side. If that makes any sense. Yeah. And this isn't exactly the deepest of uh, racing games I've ever seen, and or driving games, I guess, technically. And they're wanting eight bucks for it, which is a, a decent price. But when it's a free and ad supported on mobile, it's a little bit of a hard pill to swallow. Right. It looks interesting. I mean, that's how I feel about it when I saw it the first time I put it on my wish list. Like, oh, this looks neat. I'd pay like a dollar for this. I did not realize it was a mobile port. I'll probably just get it on my phone and play it a mm-hmm. little bit there. Yeah, when I uh, was about to do this and I was uh, looking at the uh, store page, I saw you had it on your wish list. Like, well, you're going to enjoy hearing about this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and also the uh, multiplayer is local only, which is uh, yeah, for, uh, uh, also kind of a detriment. Uh, I don't think I would want to play local multiplayer with this just because the split screen in the video they have on the store yeah, page so tiny looks yeah tiny and 
it's just a clusterfuck with the screen, like two screens or four screens mm-hmm. moving rapidly. And yeah. Yeah. And you could see, uh, well, the, uh, well, the split screen that they show that has the parking lot, that's the mall level. And you could see how the mall sign has the L out in the middle of the, uh, in the uh, parking lane where yeah. the cops has gone through it. And yeah, you, you can't hit that. Otherwise it's game over. I'm guessing this is some sort of genre on uh, mobile, you know, the uh, one-hit escape uh, uh, simulator thing. I guess I've never. I mean, I've seen. Uh, well, this, this is too, the se- this is the this is the second mobile port I've seen of this uh, uh, escape uh, driver thing. So I'm I'm not sure if this is just yeah you know, happenstance or if this is turning into a genre or what. Yeah, and also they don't I mean, give it might a be. lot of information because. Uh, well, uh, all the cars have different handling c- uh, caster- characteristics, but you wouldn't know that looking at them. Yeah. I was able to unlock a couple cars uh, fairly easily, and one of them were, was practically useless. <laughs> it was slow as hell and uh, had hardly any handling. And you would think if, uh, you know, it would give you another hit or something uh, to make up for it, but nope, one hit kill. Nice. Okay. Well, what uh, what else did you play this week? Well, then I uh, uh, after playing that, uh, oh, I guess I technically played three mobile games this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, well, I got a bit on a mobile gaming bench, and I found Golf Clash. And uh, longtime listeners know I have a bit of a soft spot for golf games. I have no idea why. But Golf Clash is essentially Clash Royale, only with golf. But it feels yeah. a lot more fair than uh, uh, Clash Royale does. Granted, I haven't played uh, uh, Clash Royale, but I played some of Minion Masters, which is essentially a, a slightly different version of it. So I do think I could equate the uh, experience a little bit. But I've uh, played some people that greatly outrank me. And I'm able to at least hold my own uh, without uh, going a long time in the game, uh, losing constantly, which that yeah. makes it feel a lot more even to me. But well, uh, Golf Clash is essentially a uh, one one on one golf shootout. You play one hole of golf, and it takes you three or four minutes. It's not that long. I mean, you go back and forth, take your shots, and first one to uh, sink uh, the uh, ball wins. And if it's a draw, you have a shootout. One shot, uh, whoever gets closest to the pin wins. Very uh, simple. And the Clash Royale mechanic is, well, first of all, you have chest, you know, like you do. And they're on a time mechanic. They're either four eight or 12 hours, depending on the level of chest. There is bronze chest, but I've only encountered them during the tutorial and they took five seconds to, uh, to open and it's to get you your initial money and uh, stuff. Uh, all your cards are either balls, which uh, only really ha- get opened up in the uh, free chest that they give you for completing a certain number of putts. And after a while, okay, or your clubs, 
And I will assume that the very, very high-end clubs would beat the low-end clubs, but you're not going to encounter the high-end clubs when you're starting off. So it feels like there's a more gradual power increase, at least so far. Right. I've played... Well, that's how Clash Royale is for the first, yeah, like, yeah, two or three yeah, fields. Yeah, I've played... Uh, um, I'm going to say something like 20 matches now. Okay. So, yeah, I'm still in the newbie stage, but I'm at the point where I'm getting a better feel for things. A couple things I don't like. I'm not sure if Clash Royale has this, but this has a sort of a betting system where when you go into a match, you're uh, putting money in mm-hmm. uh, to the pool and the winner gets the pool. And Clash dep- Royale, unless they have just added it recently, does not have that. So it kind of keeps you down on the lower end uh, until you build up your money. And the money is also used to upgrade your cards or your clubs, I guess you should say. Yeah. Uh, But once you get your clubs upgraded to a certain point, you start building up your money and you can move up. So it's kind of slowing down progression. But at the same time, it's getting your money if you're uh, good at the game. And I will say that a lot of people playing this are not. Let's just put it this way. They took Happy Gilmore and thought it was a documentary. Because it is the same style of golf, you know. Well, uh, oh, I'm uh, uh, mobile golf, I guess you'd say. Yeah, pull back and release. Right. And there's a timing thing with uh, de- to determine uh, how accurate your shot is. And if you pull back too far, you're overpowering the shot, which makes the, uh, the accuracy slider gauge go faster i've encountered so many people that just pulls it back all the way and uh and tries to time it perfectly and i've seen that work for one person (laughs) yeah you'd have to be really good to do that i can do well i could it's been a long time but in um winning putt winning putt i would do that all the time because i actually was pretty good at the timing but yeah but you also had a power character that was designed for that that's very true. And it was also, if you didn't hit that initial shot, you were, uh, were screwed on the hole. Usually. Uh, well, you're, well, well, that's kind of, uh, that, well, that's why I didn't like winning putt after a while is that the discrepancy between a power player and an accuracy player just started to get to the point where even if you missed your, uh, uh, completely screwed up your tee off, you still had so much extra yardage that you were able to just overcome me anyway. Right. And honestly, that wasn't very fun. It was fun for me. Well, of course, because you were <laughs> shoot, you were getting an extra what fifty yards on me, sixty yards. Sometimes. I mean, that was a complete shot right there. But in a golf clash, it's been uh, the highest ranked guy I've encountered had five or six times the trophies I did. I was at in the mid twenties and he was in, I would, I think it was the one thirties, one forties. And I played him to a draw and nice. Neither of us really screwed up. So I will say that it feels a lot more fair. The real difference between the clubs is if they could put a backspin on the ball or a side spin and just how much they can. And as the cards rank up, 
uh, they can put more and more on. So if I'm trying to uh, land a chip shot with the beginner club versus somebody that has a leveled up uh, first tier club, the person with yeah. the first tier club does have an advantage, but it's not so much so that I feel like I have no shot at winning. Which uh, right. feels like the balance is about right. And they are also pretty uh, generous with their uh, premium currency. They actually give you some of the premium currency in the chests. Every time you open a chest, you get one or two. And then you have the free chest, which also can give the free, uh, premium currency. And there's a chest that you get. You could get once a day. Uh, after uh, hitting five putts, or not five putts, nine putts on the uh, green, you don't have to yep. sink them. You just have to hit them. But the uh, thing is that it's once per day. So yeah, in hitting uh, nine putts, unless you're intentionally trying to uh, get that chest, uh, that's going to be like once every couple of days. But uh, that also gives you a premium currency. So you do get enough to rush some chests if need be, or to get some of the cards out of the pro shop, which they only offer three cards at a time. And there's usually a low tier. Well, they're not usually there's a low tier, there's a medium tier, and there's a high tier card that they always have. And you could buy them 99 times. So that's how they're also kind of limiting the power creep in the uh, pay to win scenario. Okay. Uh, So far I'm impressed with it. It's been a pick up and play and just uh, goof around with. Uh, and the balls, as far as I could tell, are also about the same. They're little bonuses, but you also get them in the, uh, well, at least so far from what I've seen, uh, just the crate that, uh, uh, is that you get for hitting putts. I haven't gotten enough uh, of the platinum crates yet to uh, see if they uh, always come in that, or if they, or they have a chance to come in that. I guess I should say. But you start collecting those, and those work uh, slightly differently from the uh, clubs. Uh, every time you get one of those cards, you get a ball, and completing the card, it just essentially gives you a uh, case of the balls or a uh, basket of them, so that you can uh, continue using them. So okay. every time the uh, the card comes up, you get one of the balls, which is nice. You don't have to complete the card. You don't have to get nine of that card. And even unlocking the uh, clubs initially is just getting the first card. And the first couple levels is very uh, cheap. It's four and then ten. Then it starts to get up there. I think the next tier is 20, and I haven't gotten past the third tier club. Okay. Well, while you were talking, I downloaded it to my phone. <laughs> I figured you were going to... I'll be checking it out later. Uh, one thing... I, well, here's the big thing I don't like, is that uh, in order to get off a guest account, you have to link it to Facebook. So I just created a dummy Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I've got a dummy Facebook account for that stuff, too. So that's Golf Clash. Okay. Yeah, I guess and, we'll be hearing more about it next week. Yeah, I'll be playing it. So what's your uh, your last game? Oh, the last game is The Trail. This is, uh, well, Peter Molyneux's uh, newest game. I was going to say, didn't didn't old Molyneux make this one? 
Yeah, and it's... Well, here's the thing, is that I've read none of the hype. I've not read really anything about it except for, you know, people saying, oh, it's pretty decent. Right. So, yeah, I'm going in with low expectations, and I will say that it's interesting. This is literally a walking simulator. <laughs> There's yeah. people joking about games like uh, Dear Esther or the Stanley Parable, calling them walking simulators. No, this is a walking simulator. You are walking down a trail, and you're picking up things to uh, craft and... There, there is supposed to be a, uh, uh, building aspect for, uh, for your settlement or for your house later in the game. I haven't quite gotten to that part yet. But you're trying to manage your stamina, which, uh, replenishes at camps, which camps are, at least for now, fairly close together. But, uh, later on, I think they're going to be a lot further apart. And your clothing, which deteriorates as you walk. And really just trying to complete quests to uh, unlock better recipes and gear. And cool hats. Yeah, um, of course, hats. I see lots of cool hats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of hats. Yeah. Uh, but the real interesting thing about this is that it's multiplayer. So you'll see other players on the trail walking along. And... Everything until you put it in your pack, which uh, the pack is the thing that I absolutely hate about this game, which I'll get back to in a moment, is free for all loot. So if there's someone there chopping down a tree, you could steal their logs <laughs> and oh, be an absolute yeah. dick. So part of it is, uh, or if you want to be a thief, just, you know, grab uh, things and there's really no consequence to it other than being a dick. Or having to uh, look out for people as you're uh, doing the last couple charges on uh, your axe or your slingshot to try to get resources to make a new one. Mm -hmm. This, I mean, you know, I've I've heard uh, some about this game. I've never heard any hype for it, but I've heard several people talk about it on it's know, podcasts. It's interesting. Too. It's it's essentially a nature walk simulator. Yeah, they. No one, no one I've ever listened to has ever made it sound like very appealing. Like not even you. But I, every time I hear it, I go, <laughs> "Oh yeah, that sounds in like it would be something that would be a little we'll different that, that I should pretty. try out." That's the big thing is that it's pretty. It does have a really nice looking art style. And the thing is, I'm still in the opening areas and looking at some of the screenshots for later areas. It looks like it's a very interesting thing. Granted. I haven't gotten to the main aspect of the game yet, where it's building your house and trying to build up there. At least it right. seems like that's going to be the main uh, focus of the game. Well, other than just exploring. And that's the real uh, strength of this, is the exploration. You know, walking down the trail and seeing what's uh, there. And the pay model is really, it's, you buy favors and you can trade them in at a shop that appears every so often in the store, or on the uh, on the trail. And honestly, everything in the shop you can make. It's generally the things in the shop are things that you can't make yet. Right. Okay. Which I kind of like, you know. Uh, I did pick up a, a pack from the free currency that they gave me to give me a little extra room. 
which uh, brings me to the pack. That's the thing I absolutely hate. The inventory management is essentially a physics-based, almost Tetris game where you're trying to just uh, fit everything in your pack, but it's not a grid system. It's everything has its own shape and will bounce and roll around. And as you walk and run, if you're running, you're actually jostling the pack and you can call things to drop out of it if you've overloaded your pack, which is interesting. I mean, that makes sense, but that's one of those points where I'm like, well, it's, it, it, I mean, these are video games. Yeah, it, Do we yeah, really that's, need that? Yeah, that's where it comes down to gameplay versus fun. Right. And trying to get something out of your pack without causing everything to uh, tumble down and out of your pack and all the dicks around you to grab, uh, you know, all the rare stuff that you found. You know, all those sticks that you have to make your new uh, axe. Well, you just lost them because you were trying to pull an apple out of your pack to get rid of to make some more room. Right, And also, I'm not sure if it's just because I'm playing on my phone or what, but there's, you get additional things, like you have your pack and then uh, you could have a hook on your uh, belt, essentially, to hang a tool off of, and you get pockets that you can put a single item in uh, for just uh, quickly grabbing. Well, one of the pockets on the new shirt I've made is behind a button on the UI. Oh, yeah. fun. Fun. So you can't access that pocket, or is well, there can, like some weird I, convoluted way to get to it? I, I could access the corner of it, but I can't really see how many charges is on it. So I'm, I would put my slingshot there because uh, to use it, I just click on a, a rabbit on the trail or a, or a beaver later on. Yeah. Uh, but I can't see how many charges directly. I have to remember how many charges or go into the mini game and see, okay, I have that many charges left. So it's more just, you know, getting the slingshot out of my backpack. Which right. the slingshot is absolutely massive. That's what she said. Actually, I don't think she ever said that. Yes, she did. You don't know. Well, I do know, and she never said that. Tonguing the microphone again. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyways, carry on. Uh, well, there's really not a lot more to say about the trail. There, it's essentially if you want to take a uh, walk in a uh, in nature and don't want to leave your house, it's uh, probably the best way to do it. <laughs> it's a very chillax game. That, that's the best way I could say it. At least for now. I'm sure that it uh, picks up later and it, uh, it gets a little bit more stressful. And I will say also that there's probably a ideal way to play it because you unlock recipes as you complete quests. And to get qu- uh, quests done, you have to get certain items off the trail. For example, the hunting quest uh, for now requires me to get either meat or rabbit skins well rabbit skins of course come from rabbits and rabbits only appear in certain sections of the trail so if i'm not on that quest i have to go back which uh, thankfully there is a quick travel system so you can go back and forth to camps that you visited 
uh, fairly easily. I, there is a ticket system uh, that I think uh, is going to come into play later, which that that is the uh, free currency, by the way. Okay. And uh, it oh, probably cost uh, uh, the free version's money uh, to go back and forth eventually, or go back further if you get past a certain point. But it feels like there's a definite min-maxing that uh, people, uh, uh, well, that it expects you to do to get certain quests done quickly to be able to unlock certain recipes. Because you'll, your clothes wear out, like I said. And that means that uh, those things in your pockets, if your clothes wears out in the middle of the trail, will jump on, uh, will just drop on top of your pack. And if your pack is full, They'll just roll off and go onto the trail, and some dick will pick up your axe and run off with it. I would be that dick. I think I'm going to play this game just to steal stuff from other people. <laughs> I know, I'm an asshole. I can live with that. Uh, what am I going to do with you? No, no, don't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Okay, is that all you have to say about it? Is it my turn now? Oh, oh, well, there is also a trading system that's kind of interesting. I didn't even touch on that. At each camp uh, is essentially a gathering spot, and you could trade. And it's essentially you're putting everything on a conve- on like a uh, conveyor belt at a grocery store. Hey, you, uh, the further to the left you put it, the more you want for it, and it gives other players more time to buy it. If nobody buys it, it essentially goes into the wood shredder and you get a, uh, a penance for it, a small amount of money for it. And the person that gets the most money also gets a bonus item, which tends to be actually a quest item if you're on a quest. Or at least it seems that way. I may have just gotten lucky in that uh, sense. But it does seem to be weighted towards whatever quest item you're currently looking for. So there's a little bit of... Uh, <laughs> Uh, min-maxing there as well, if you really want to, is to wait until there's no one there. And there is a countdown timer, but it pauses if you're in a menu, like the crafting menu, which also I haven't really touched on. The the crafting is Minecraft style, where you have a crafting grid and uh, certain uh, pieces of uh, stuff goes into certain uh, grid spots, and that creates the item. And whenever you cra- uh, create something, there's also what they call drying time before you could use it, which is so far been less than a minute. But I'm sure okay. it uh, gets a lot longer later on. But the crafting, si- or sorry, the trading system, uh, it's uh, it's an interesting uh, thing where you sometimes you want to have other people to trade with, but other times you don't just to get that bonus item for free. And they okay. also have the a little bit of the monetization there where if you watch a video, it, well, it has a chance to pop up. If you watch a video, they give you double of your money. So okay. it also comes down to, okay, I just got 700 of the, oh, now I'm blanking on what they're calling the uh, money. Uh, but yeah, 700 credits, 700 trail bucks, whatever. Uh but they gave me an option to watch a, a Target ad, so uh, I'm, instead I'm getting 1400 Fancy. So that's where they're probably... That's probably the majority of their monetization, actually. 
Yeah. So it's actually not bad if you don't mind, you know, uh, you know, watching the same damn Target ad over and over again. But that's also known as put down your phone and have a drink. Yeah. Sit your phone down and go pee. Or something. I mean, I guess you could take it with you, too, but... Just don't drop it in the toilet. Since I don't have to sit down to pee, I usually don't take my phone to go pee. That's not an overshare. Are you sure? I'm positive. We all pee. (laughs) Some of us stand up. Some of us sit down. I don't have to sit down, so I don't take my phone. So there. Anyways. I think I'm done with the trail. Alrighty. Well, then that means it's my turn. And I guess we're going to be talking about both of those next week as well. (laughs) Yeah, I'll probably... Well, I might play the trail... I haven't downloaded it yet, but I might. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it seems to be, you know, I, I talk about a game that you try and you talk about it. Speaking yeah. of which, uh, 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 did the key work for Minion Masters? I didn't ask that before. Oh, right. It did. It did work. Okay. Uh, I haven't played it yet. I downloaded it to my laptop, um, but I didn't get a chance to play it. Right after you sent me the key, the email showed up with, with my key. <laughs> so I'll just give that to somebody in our audience. I'll post a tweet. Uh, oh, just don't do a giveaway for something because that never works. No, I'm just going to schedule a tweet to go up after the show comes out sometime well, uh, later on Friday. Uh, on uh, your account or the VGL account? On the VGL account. And it's just going to be first come, first serve, uh, well, whoever gets it. Well, there's one thing I will suggest on that uh, is to uh, remove a uh, letter or number from the tweet or from the uh, key and have it either be like a capture, you know, like uh, for a four, have it... Uh, a uh, one plus three, but for the blank number, that sort of thing, to prevent okay. uh, uh, people just uh, instantly grabbing it because there are bots that watch Twitter and watch uh, uh, other popular places for uh, uh, essentially unencrypted uh, Steam keys. Did not know that. Yeah. Makes sense though. But I mean, I've given away several keys on Steam before, and to my knowledge, one has not been stolen yet. But I suppose you know. Well, it's, Just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it won't. Well, it's still, you know, it, it also adds a little bit of a game element as well, you know, uh, especially if you make it like a trivia question. Or, right. you know, like, uh, what is the middle initial of uh, the current president? Don't don't go there. <laughs> don't go there. That's a trick. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> Okay, so on to the things this week. So I'm going to talk about the Steam Link again. Um, I, I finally, definitely, almost certainly have my problem solved. So I talked about how it, it was user working. error, wasn't it? No. No. Steam. Problem with Steam itself. And I guess the design of the Steam Link or the... the Would operating system be the correct word? Whatever it is that makes the Steam Link run. A problem. Uh, yeah, with that. operating system would be, uh, be appropriate there. Okay. If so, not, then I'll allow it. So it still was crashing on me. It was making it farther than it was before, um, but it was still crashing on me after like an hour and a half, hour forty five minutes, pretty pretty regularly. You know, within that time span. Mm-hmm. So I posted um, on Steam forums because obviously Steam support is useless uh, to see if they could help me. And then I posted on the Steam Link subreddit. And I, you know, this big long post, lots of details about all the troubleshooting that I, that I had done, what was happening. I had gotten the, 
uh, all of my, all of the, the, the logs, um, the entire log folder, I just copy pasted that because I didn't know what they would want. So it's like, here's the, well, I didn't copy paste it. I uploaded it to Dropbox and then put a link. I was like, here's all of the logs for, you know, Steam and Steam Link and all, everything that it keeps track of. Like, here's everything so that you can dig through this, you know, people who understand. And, you know, very detailed explanations of what was happening. And on the Steam forums, nobody apparently read my posts. They were just like, yeah, it doesn't do that. So basically what was happening is that the Steam Link was, it would lock up uh, and the stream would crash. And then my computer would hard crash. And I was like... And what they were saying on the Steam forums was, nope. Yeah, basically they were like, no, that's not that's not what ha- what's happening. Something else is going on with the computer. Nope, definitely not. Been through all of that. Read all the troubleshooting steps. It's definitely not my computer. It's something either in Steam or in Steam Link. So then they were like, well, it's definitely not the Steam Link. Your Steam is crashing, and that's the problem. I was like, okay, well, then let's go through the logs, figure out why it's crashing. Uh, so we went through the logs. Sorry, requires effort. Can't do that. Well, I went through the logs looking for Steam, actual Steam crashes, like reports of Steam crashing. Weren't there. Couldn't find them. They, it, people kept swearing that I was missing something. I was like, I literally copied everything. Just the entire, like, the, the top level folder. That way it would, it would get everything underneath. I was like, you have everything. They're like, well, Steam's what's causing this. That's the problem. Unhelpful. Well, some uh, uh, over on the Reddit post, I was getting a lot of the same stuff. Although more detailed back and forth conversation with people like trying to do additional troubleshooting. But still a lot of people saying, no, the Steam Link can't crash your system. It can't do that. That's impossible. Can't do that. So Funny finally one using that word. Finally, one guy sh- pops in and he was like, oh, hey, I had this exact problem. Uh, it's actually a problem with the Steam OS. I see that you have um, uh, an AMD graphics card. Steam defaults to using, or the Steam Link, even if you've programmed it in, uh, on, in the Steam client, the Steam Link itself defaults to using uh, NVIDIA hardware encoding. Uh. And uh, you don't have an NVIDIA graphics card. So anytime there's a little bit of a hitch in the stream that you wouldn't notice, um, St- the Steam Link takes over from what uh, Steam itself is telling you. It tries to use the NVIDIA hardware encoder, which you don't have, which causes the Steam Link to hard crash, which kind of sets up like a weird feedback loop, which causes your computer to hard crash. And he told me how to go in and disable that. And now it works perfectly. So... Steam, it was it was the Steam Link that was making my computer crash, and it doesn't always happen. It's I mean there are plenty of people with AMD cards that do not have this problem. Just sometimes it happens, and it was happening on my Steam Link. It could have had to do with the build that I was using, um, because I'm or just the AMD drivers, or just the AMD drivers I was using. Um, I'm on the AMD's latest driver, but you know there could be a problem with it, and I you know should have rolled back my drivers or whatever, but. And I mean, I was prepared to do all these things if no one can fix it. I was just going to keep going through the troubleshooting list of things that, you know, I would think it would, could could be. But this guy told me how to fix it. So no more problems. For now. Yeah, for now. So Steam Link, or more importantly, Steam fucking shit up. So there's that. I still enjoy it, though. I mean, I sat down and played Valkyria Chronicles for like three hours. I think Saturday. It might have been Sunday, but regardless, played it for a very long time. No crashes, so that's good. But speaking of Valkyria Chronicles, I put that on the list too, 
because I wanted to talk to you about chapter 7. <coughs> Excuse me. Which was the one that you uh, said that you stopped playing on. Yeah. So, yeah, chapter 7, the um, the giant tank was easy. I was surprised, though, when What's-Her-Face, the Yeah, Valkyrie that's what happened was it wasn't the giant tank. It was her. And I was completely out of position for it. And that's a fairly long fight. And that was at the end of the night for me. And I just put it down and I never picked it up. That's literally what happened there. Yeah, I I actually... Well, I mean, I didn't know that she was going to come. But I figured something was going to come. Because, like, you can see in the map, like, the... To the... The road, what, yeah. Yeah, the road at the temple. I was like, something's got to come from that direction. And then at one point in the mission, they're like... Oh, you're re- you know, our other squads have been routed. You're the last one. They're probably going to come to you. And I was like, okay. So I, I positioned some troops to cover the road and I killed, I mean, except for her, I assume she's invincible. Uh, I, I mean, I couldn't hurt her, but I was able to kill almost all of the regular troops. And so the only thing I had to deal with was her. And I took the tank and I basically boxed her in because she can't hurt the tank. So I just I trapped her in a corner behind the tank, and then I was able to finish off the mission with all of my uh, my lancers taking out the the rest of the oh, giant so tank radiators. It. Sort of, I guess. I mean, it, you know, it worked, and I have no shame. Yeah, so if I recall correctly, uh, she's like a one or two hit kill on most units. Yeah, yeah. Some of the the units with really high defense, if they're in cover, can survive one attack. But I, I mean, if you if she catches anybody out in the open, they're dead. She killed she killed some of my people. Like that, this is the only mission where I've had people die. Thankfully, nobody died that I really care about. So like, <laughs> I didn't reload it or anything. But uh, I did lose a few troops to her. So yeah, and this is really the first part of the game where it goes super anime. Yeah. Like, I wasn't sure how well this would work as an anime. Not that anime can't be serious, but so much of anime is really silly and over the top. And then this shows up, and I was like, okay, I see where that this either spawned and, anime and or where is the word was coming in. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was cool. I, and then I, I actually played through chapter eight as well. So, and chapter, did I beat chapter nine? I don't think so. I think I'm in at the battle at chapter nine, and I stopped, and I haven't done the fight in chapter nine. But chapter eight was kind of stupid. <laughs> Anime stupid or just stupid? No, just stupid. It had a something that was really, really touching. I'm like, oh, that's really nice. That's a good story beat. And then immediately it turns around. And I'm like, oh, this is stupid. But I mean, it's all right. I've, I'm about halfway through the game. There's like 19 or 20 chapters. So I've still got plenty of ways to go. Yeah. And I assume that there will be more battles like Chapter 7 as as we go forward. I mean, yeah, Chapter, I 8, was so. ca- chapter just... 8 was kind of difficult, but nowhere near as difficult or long as Chapter 7. Yeah, uh, like I said, it's just it was a long fight, and I did have a couple of units over there because I did think, yo, something was going to happen, but yeah, not, yo, one hit kill uh, lady. Yeah. And I wasn't able to cheese the fight on my uh, first attempt of it, and that was... Uh, I think my second attempt on that fight, because I didn't have my guy set up properly for the tank to begin with. I didn't bring the right units. Yeah. Because I thought it was a, yeah, I could do something different. 
if I recall correctly. I couldn't remember exactly what tactic I was trying to use, but uh, didn't have the right composition. Yeah. I'm not sure how you can get a better rating on that mission. I mean, I I perfected it. Like, I killed it in exactly the amount of, turn, amount of turns that I could. Because whenever you destroy a radiator, it drops the other two back down. So, and it only pops up for a shot every two turns if you block it at every path with the ruins. So I completed it in literally the minimum amount of turns that I could, and I got a C. Probably the uh, the glowy lady. Maybe to do with that. Probably deaths, actually. Yeah, the deaths. Yeah, that definitely has to be it then. That's got to be it because there's there's literally no way I could finish it any faster unless there's some way to to cheat at the beginning and destroy the radiators without it firing the main cannon. I figured that out really quickly, though. I was like, oh, there's ladders on that. I wonder if I can climb on top of it and do something. And then I, I was like, radiator? Well, that's, that's going to that be important, important later. That's going to be important later. So. Yep. I just wanted to, to pick your brain about that. So, okay. I, I mean, I could see why that would be frustrating. Yeah, it was, like I said, I know it was at least my second attempt on the uh, fight because I didn't have the... Uh, right composition. It may have been the third, and I screwed up on the uh, on one. Yeah, and just had some uh, once again just out of position and uh, missed a shot. Yeah, I was I was just I think incredibly lucky that I had people positioned properly because as soon as no, the no, tank... you were incredibly lucky to box in that uh, bitch. I was. She got down into the ruins, and I just drove the tank into some ruins and trapped her, and she couldn't run past it. And it's got that like little cliffside. It's not really a cliff. I mean, if it was real life, you could just hop off of it. Be- yeah. But because, you know, video games, mm-hmm. she, you know, you can't go down. You yeah, can't hop down. Video game so, logic. Hey. Yeah. Hey. So, I mean, she was stuck there, and she would just spend every turn shooting the tank, and I'm like, ha-ha, you can't hurt me. I can't hurt you. You can't hurt me. We're just going to sit here and stare at each other. Yep. So. Okay. Well, uh, one of the other games I played this week was Factorio. The nuclear power update is uh, fast approaching, and I wanted to get back into the swing of things before that comes out. Um, Factorio, I mean, it you know, it is an early access game, and it is very far along and really polished and all that jazz, but it still has got some pretty big issues, and power management is the biggest one. Um, as far as space goes, it's much more efficient to use uh, steam engines as opposed to or steam power plants as opposed to solar power and batteries so that you can make it through the night. But you have to support them with coal or solid fuel, which can become really difficult in the late game if you're not playing on, you know, if you're playing on, like, normal difficulty or if you're trying to do, like, um, a harder difficulty run with more... Um, aliens? More aliens or less resources or something like that. Or the they aliens also produce, have, uh, uh repopulated to a certain extent yeah because the aliens will uh their halves will split apart and uh make a new half yeah so nest or whatever you want to call it yeah so you know so there's there's always just this huge like okay so i'm stuck on steam power for a long time and like it's more space efficient but i know eventually i have to go to solar anyways and then making that transition can be really difficult because I mean, you can have hundreds, thousands of solar panels to power a a very large factory complex. And they take up huge amounts of space. I usually have off-site power that are entire, like, barricaded-in facilities 
so that the aliens hopefully don't get in, um, that are just solar panels and batteries and then power lines running to my factory. So nuclear is, is going to do away with that. It still has a pollution mechanic involved, but based on the early stuff that we've seen, it produces way, way more power, much more efficiently um, than the other two sources of power. And it adds some new things to the game, new resources to mine, which you mine fissionable materials, um, which is basically just another type of... I mean, like in real life, it's a type of rock that has... Um, radioactive materials in it and then you have to split those and get U-235 and U-238 and run that through a refining process before you can use it in the reactor but it lasts for a very long time and the power plants can be stacked I guess is the best way to say it um, you can build up to uh, like a, a quadruple size power or nuclear power plant and the plant, no matter what size it is, uses the same amount of fuel. You just have to have more uh, cooling and more water to run all of the additional turbines. Mm-hmm. So you can you make your, your efficient power even more efficient. So, I mean, I'm all about that sort of thing. So Please I'm, tell I'm me it can melt down and explode. I, I know, uh, I know. Kyle, Kyle, put down the, uh, the recorder. I know nuclear reactors don't explode in the traditional stance. Though, uh, let off a giant cloud of radioactive uh, steam that could uh, send out radiation and cause all sorts of fun cancers, but technically not an explosion. So put it down. Down. They do intend to have that, but for the first iteration, they want to just make sure that it's balanced properly and get player feedback before they make it able to, air quotes, explode. But they do. They it. They have said that they do want it to have a. You have to maintain proper conditions for it, otherwise it will uh, it will have a meltdown. It will go nuclear. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, I just want to play Factorio. Plus, it's it's you know I like to circle back around to games like that that I really enjoyed. Anyway, so it's been good. It's been good. There have been a couple of things that I noticed that they've added. Anyways, they've split up the tech tree a little bit more. Uh, added some specific um, things like. The, uh, the stack inserter used to, there was a, a tech upgrade that would let your, your inserters, which are your little robot grabby arms, mm-hmm. uh, they could just be able to pick up more things at once. Um, but now there's a specific inserter that does that. They can pick up multiple items at a time, either off of conveyor belts or from one factory building to a chest or vice versa or whatever. And, and that's nice. Uh, just, you know. It it was kind of weird before because they didn't have multiple grabber arms or anything, and the design of it's a little bit different. So that's nice. And then they've did, done some changes with the tech tree so that um, less stuff requires blue and purple science, um, but the things that do require at least blue science, it, it requires more because it, it's really difficult. It takes a while to get uh, to the point where you absolutely need the blue. Right, because before you got to the blue pretty early – in the tech tree and it was still a hassle to try and make uh, the blue research packets because making um, red uh, red circuitry, which is like the mid level is actually really difficult and requires um, a lot of, a lot of resources because you have to be able, uh, you have to be um, drilling for oil and, and be able to refine that into several different chemical properties in order to, to make the red circuitry. So 
they push the blue science a little bit farther back so that uh, you don't need it quite so fast and you can spend more time setting that stuff up. So that's nice. I haven't got to the end end game yet. Uh, I just got to the logistics drones and I'm currently working in the process of blotting out the sun with logistics drones. <laughs> the swarm. Yeah. So well, I'll get there soon. Maybe by next week I'll be able to report on that. But it's just been nice to play Factorio again. I didn't really forget how much I love that game, but I did kind of forget how it made me feel. Yeah, I think a Factorio for you is sort of RimWorld for me. Yeah. Well, I was setting up my mod list, which I finally did, by the way, for RimWorld. And I loaded up RimWorld just to you know, look at my mod list and you know, see if I, uh, everything was uh, there because I was just making a mod uh, collection this time instead of making out a full list on uh, Google Docs. It's my. Yep. It's a link to my collection, and then the couple the non Steam Workshop uh, mods. And I started uh, messing around with it's like, huh, uh, wait, I have this mod installed. I don't remember putting that installed. Uh, so I started poking around with it, and next thing I know, it's like two hours later, and I haven't uh, done the collection yet. <laughs> yeah, I did get a really weird spawn. So I mean, I mean, I I've experimented with different you know resource sizes and. Uh, uh, richness and things like that. I, I haven't, I've only found one alien, um, alien hive. And I've explored a ton. Uh, anyone who's played the game, I've got, uh, radar stations forming like a, uh, a box around my initial base. And, um, like, I, I measured out the distances so that they're at the maximum distance away from the radar at the center of my base to, you know, map out the, the area. So that entire area is is mapped, and there is only one alien hive in that area. Weird. It's 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 really weird. That has but on to the be one a massive hive. There's got to yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, it's like I'm like okay, I'm safe here, but if I go any farther, I'm gonna discover ten million alien hives. I'm gonna be fucked. But I do really don't have to worry very much about pollution. At, at least that's nice, and I haven't had to wall in my entire base. Not have to worry much about pollution. Boy, that sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't do it. Not yet. Uh, the other game that I played this week is a mobile game, Star Wars Force Arena, which is basically uh, Clash Royale with a Star Wars skin and then a little bit of uh, League of Legends thrown in on top of it. Uh, like Clash Royale and and games like it, you have uh, units, which are cards that you drop down onto the map and they follow one of two lanes to destroy the turrets and then destroy the base, which for this is a shield generator that then has like a, a little, not exactly a cutscene, but like the camera pulls back and some fighters fly overhead and blow up whatever the, uh, the shield generator is protecting for most levels. It's a ship, uh, but like, like a, a big drop ship or whatever, but it's other things for other levels, like little bases or whatever. Um, so it's got all of that. I and love of course, it whenever so a mobile to... game only has one game screenshot. <laughs> um, but anyways, beyond uh, or other than that, you know, it's you have the your cards that you have to level up, and the cards that are higher levels are objectively better than the exact same card that are a lower level. And so the all Clash of that Royale, stuff. Uh, uh, model all over again, and just like uh, it is in uh, Golf Clash, right? But the what but sets really, this in- yeah, where that model really comes in, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, is just how much better you know a like four or five is against a one or two. 
you know, just yeah. how much that, uh, that improvement really matters. Yeah. But anyways, what really sets this game apart and kind of levels the playing field is that it, it drops in the hero element from, uh, from other MOBAs, you know, League of Legends, Dota, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And you have direct control over that hero. Um, or you can order them around on the battlefield, have them attack. They have special abilities and then passive abilities, uh, that can be leveled as well. Although I don't want to know how much money or time you have to spend to get a hero card. Cause I've played All this game it. probably more than I should. And I haven't been able to level up a single hero yet. And I haven't met a single hero that wasn't level one. So I can imagine that it's all the money or all the time to get the heroes leveled up past level one, I should say. I've got six heroes from, from the Star Wars universe so far. Well, three heroes and three villains. Uh, anyone I would know? Uh, I don't know if there's random starting heroes. So I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's the case or not, but I do have Luke Skywalker, um, like Empire okay, Strikes Back Luke. Luke. Okay. Empire, I, I, was, yeah. I was just about to ask. Yeah. Uh, I have Leia, Princess Leia. Uh, I have Han Solo, so the you know all those guys, and then everybody and that I have. Of course, once again, Chewie's left out. Chewie is not a hero, but Chewie is Han's special card. Uh, there's certain. I'll, well, I'll get to that in a minute, well, and then for my, I'm going to disagree that Chewie's not a hero. <laughs> oh, but uh, for the Empire, I have Director Krennic from Rogue One. Uh, I was about to say favorite. who. He's my favorite, by the way. Um, the Grand Inquisitor from Star Wars Rebels, the, the cartoon. What's again, and who? Then, and then I have Boba Fett. Who? I just unlocked him. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so, I mean, they give them to you. You start out with four, two for each side, and then through, uh, missions that you can do, which are, you know, just simple tasks like complete this many battles or kill this many troops or collect this much whatever. As you play, then you can unlock the uh, those other heroes through missions. But uh, so, anyways, each of the 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 hero characters um, have what are called unique cards, and they're kind of like their sidekicks. So Han's unique card is Chewie, and Chewie is like freaking ridiculously powerful. And each of them ha- has one. Um, Director Krennic has uh, has dark troopers. Which is he? I mean, he has. Well, that's racist. Um, I'm not sure who Leia's is. Uh, Boba Fett has the the lizard guy. I can't think of his name. But from the Empire Strikes Back, when there's all of the bounty hunters that are standing in a line, Darth Vader's like, "Bring me Han Solo." uh, Oh, Leia has heroin. (laughs) Put up. So, you know, they each have their sidekick cards that are really powerful, and I have not unlocked any of those yet, which is sad. Um, but uh, they, the heroes, though, are definitely very unique. And so far, each of the heroes that I've tried are geared to one thing really well, and if you learn how to play that really well, it can seriously turn the tide of battle, even if the enemy has much better cards than you do. Uh, for example, Krennic is incredibly weak in combat but he gives bonuses to troops that you are nearby. So he's really defensive. Like, you put out a wall of troops and then just kind of march behind them and give them bonuses. And, you know, you can attack as well uh, and help out that way. But you don't want to get killed because if you get killed, all of your troops that you were near become weaker. Mm. Uh, Luke um, is incredibly powerful in close combat, obviously, because, you know, he's got a lightsaber and is Luke fucking Skywalker. 
Uh, so, you know, you want loot to be pretty much on the front lines all the time. Uh, and he gets extra health and defense whenever he starts to, to get killed so that you can run away and heal up and then come back and fight some more. Leia is able to call in reinforcements at will. Well, I mean, not at will, that's her power. So whenever she can use her power, it calls in extra reinforcements that are based on her level and abilities instead of card levels. So the, the heroes really can turn the tide of battle. And I figured out how to play Krennic really well, because obviously I'm going to play the Empire, because they're the best. But uh, I figured out how to play Krennic really well. And once I kind of figured it out, I started winning a crap ton of battles. So the game is really good about giving you uh, card packs to unlock. They, it card, it's card packs instead of chests in here, but it's, you know, think of them interchangeably. Um, and you can, you have kind of the ones that you open one at a time, your bronze, silver, gold, and platinum. Um, Boy, and they this take, familiar. yeah, they take four, eight, 12 and 24 hours to open. Uh, then you get, uh, a, a free pack that opens instantly every, uh, I think it's four hours and you can have up to three of those at a time. So if you don't play, you know, like yeah, golf clash has the same thing. I, I, don't, I think I actually neglected to mention that. Yeah. So like when you sleep, you, you'll wake up and you'll have three packs to open, uh, you know, two or three packs. And then the one sin that Clash Royale commits is that everything that they have is a chest that has to be opened by, you know, by time. So once you fill up all of your chest slots, there's no reason to keep playing. But Star Wars Force Arena, uh, every battle you play earns you points towards a free pack. And there's no limit on the amount of free packs that you can get through that. And those free packs open instantly. So you can keep playing even if all of your, your slots are filled. Which is oh really nice because this game is genuinely really fun. Um, it's it's really really good looking for a mobile game, like really 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 good looking. I'm impressed actually at how good it looks and how stable the game is. And you know, a tablet game for a tablet game, I mean, you know, it it runs at 30 FPS. But for a tablet game, that's nice that it actually maintains a stable 30 because I've played plenty of games that don't have half the movement and action that this game does and they can't maintain like 10. So it's well put together. Very beautiful game. Uh, the human eye can't see past one frame per second anyway. The uh, What, you the don't game... see in a slideshow? <laughs> the uh, the just general gameplay is, is really fun. Um, there's a decent amount of strategy to it as well because, you know, the leaders don't make it so much about just timing and cards. You know, in Clash Royale, it's like, okay, I just have to get my timing down so that his guys will be dead and then my guys can advance. And that, I mean, that does play a little bit into how you play Force Arena, but depending on what hero you are, you can just, you know, you can have a strategy that doesn't rely on that at all. Yeah, it's the same problem that I have with Minion Masters is that there's a definite opening move, uh, if you have uh, a certain uh, set of cards uh, and it comes down to timing on that. If you can't counter that, then you're at a severe disadvantage. Yeah. And for the, I mean, there are certainly better opening moves I can make, you know, with Krennic than others, but I don't feel like for any hero that I've both faced or played as that there's one move that's just like, Oh, if they do this and I screw up, I'm, I'm done. Because I've had some pretty good comebacks. Like, I've had two of my three turrets destroyed, and then they press their advantage a little too much. And it's like, okay, I've got Krennic, I've got my boosted troops, let's just 
you know, balls to the wall, let's go, and managed to come back because I overwhelmed them after they spread themselves too thin. Yeah, so... It's also got co-op battles, which is pretty cool. You can do random co-op battles, uh, or not, I should say not co-op battles, but 2v2 instead of just 1v1. Uh, Two-headed um, giant, essentially. Yeah, so that's nice, and you just team up with someone else from whichever side you're playing. Uh, it doesn't allow you to have two of the same hero, which is nice. Um, two Lukes would be pretty difficult to face down, honestly. Um and then uh, you can do that randomly, or you can enter those battles uh, with a teammate. If you are in the same clan, you guys can enter the battles together and be on a team. So there's some, I mean, you know, if you somehow found somebody to coordinate with, you could actually do some pretty strategic battles, you know, by coordinating. Overall, it's a fun game. I've put almost as much time into it this week as I did uh, Galaxy of Heroes, which is saying something, because I'm playing Galaxy of Heroes every day for a couple of hours sheesh and uh now i'm i'm also playing uh force arena that much do we need to schedule an intervention or nah, or fine. at least some star trek to you know diversify it's fine don't worry about it i listened to the ahsoka audiobook this last week too that was really good star wars audiobooks are amazing because they you know add music and sound effects and stuff so it's great I love Ahsoka Tano. She's like my favorite character from the extended universe right now. The, or I should say the canon extended universe. Probably Thrawn will take that spot whenever his new book comes out. Thrawn's fucking awesome, but. Boy, I'm gonna. Yay, Star Wars! I'm gonna regret saying this, but I've never read any of the uh, books. Or, only the exposure really I have to Star Wars is the movies. Uh, bit of, uh, the uh, Star Wars, The Old Republic, or sorry, Knights of the Old Republic, and The Old Republic. I've never actually done too much time with them. Oh, uh, let's see what else. Uh, most, uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of the name of I think it's Shadow of the Empire on the N64 I spent some time with. It's the third-person shooter. Yeah, yeah, I remember Shadows of the Empire. What? That game was terrible. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, its gameplay terrib- was awful. wasn't terribly impressed with it. <laughs> No, they overreached for the time. Good. I mean, it had a good story. I liked the story, but the gameplay was. I shitty. can't remember anything about the story. I just remember how bad the uh, gameplay was. Yeah, and there was times where you know you get pretty much instant killed, and there was little you could do about it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was that's those were my stuff from the week. Um. I think your estimate was a bit off, by the way. Yeah, it's always off. We've been going way over on games the last few times. We'll see how we're doing. We might cut something out. Or who knows, these topics might wind up being shorter than I thought. We'll figure it out as we go along. Uh, I will say that since you're not like super well... It's not impossible for someone who's not really big into the extended universe to like Rogue One. Uh, but watching Rogue One as someone who is a big fan of the Star Wars extended universe... I felt like that movie was a lot more for me and the way the story is told and things like that. Mm-hmm. And the consensus among people that I've talked to about it, who liked it versus who didn't like it, um, most of the people who are not big into the extended universe were like, nah, it was okay, or, you know, I, it was weird. That's not Star Wars, really. And then people like me, who are big into the extended universe, was like, whoa, dude, did you see that? This is like new stuff for this and new for that. And that was like this thing that brought in that we knew about from these books and... 
you know, it makes it that much better. Yeah, so. I, I wonder if I should uh, ask for a list of Star Wars books to look for. You can. Between me and Ghost, I'm sure that we could give you <laughs> and, more than enough. Uh, if, if you, sh- 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 listen, if you listen closely, I think you could hear Ghost Shark typing right now. <laughs> yeah. Ghost and I sat down last week and uh, finally put together sort of the first bits of our uh, Star Wars campaigns that we're going to do for RPG. And uh, I'm really pleased with our first meeting. Uh, we've got to sit down again and, and really talk about some stories and developing story. But we got our premise down, our like our campaign hook, and we worked out the details on like what the starting ship is going to so be. So let's and- see, what cliche are we going with? Uh, are we Darth Vader, Secret Apprentice? No way, that's been done. Um, nope. Uh, I mean, if you guess it, I'll tell you. Oh, oh I got it. Okay. Skywalkers didn't have tri- twins. They had triplets. Nope. I'm trying to think of the most cliche <laughs> things possible. I don't think you'll get it. The Force made another baby. Nope. Not even close. We are going to allow Force-sensitive users, and maybe if someone can convince us, like, really, you know, like, super hardcore that they should be a Jedi, we're even going to allow that. But if you want to be a Jedi, you're going to have to work really hard to convince us. But, nope, you are not correct. So, just have to save it for when when the time comes. Or, when we get closer to being finalized, probably talk about it on the show to hopefully get some some listeners interested. Because we've designed it in such a way that people can just come and go. Mm-hmm. Um We've got kind of a, a larger ship, and we're envisioning a larger crew. And if everything goes well and we keep playing, you know, we've kind of got a plan to step into even larger ships, like ships that people would recognize from the movies, like the Mon Calamari Star Cruiser uh, or um, a Rebel Blockade Runner or something like that. So we, we've designed it to support a lot of players. And with both of us GMing, it would make it easier to have... Uh, regular game nights. So we're trying to account for all of that stuff. And we had a, we've had a blast talking about it and working on it. Also, we heard, we had like huge nerdgasms. Like we spent probably 25 or 30 minutes. Like, well, we could use this ship because of this reason or this ship because of that reason. And, Oh, we could have like this little thing. That's like an Easter egg. And if someone's like big into star Wars, they would notice it. And for anybody else, it wouldn't matter. Like nerds. Yeah, it's great. There's some of that in there, listeners. So, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna shut my mouth now before uh, I say something that might change or not happen. Something that Sean Murray could learn from. Ah, sick burn. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, Sean Murray believes in alternative facts. Oh God, you're making it really hard for me to to. You're really lucky that I need a bathroom break because I've already drank all of my tea, all of my coffee, and all of my juice. Um, so what can I say? I'm, I'm enjoying torturing you. Let's let's go to the bath. Well, I'm going to go to the bathroom, and when I come back, let's talk about our first news topic. Yeah, at the hour and a half mark. Yeah. All right. Be right back. I'm back. Hello.
Well, welcome back from your mod looking and from our bathroom break listeners. Uh, for the record, this portion of the podcast is brought to you by the Rocket League soundtrack. Uh, and my Blind previous Guardian. sound, <laughs> my previous soundtrack, there or my previous music. There was like one or two songs I was like, okay, this is okay, and all the rest of it, I'm like, God, I'm old because I don't like any music from today. <laughs> it's already happened. It's already happened. Although, to be honest, I didn't really look very much music from when I was a teenager or younger. uh, To be fair, that's probably about the last decade for me, for the most part. I mean, there's been an artist here or there that I've been into, but for the most part, most of my music comes from the the pre-2000s, with a a large chunk of it being concentrated in the 70s. Uh, 80s for me. Uh, Usually... Early to mid with some late 80s. Right. Uh, well, well, it really depends on what we're talking about uh, music-wise as well, because that's the rock era. Uh, my jazz era goes all the way to, like, the early 40s for some songs. Yeah. But that's, once again, what we've talked about this before, is the era of the jazz standard. And jazz standards come from a very wide range of time. I would actually, you could probably draw my music history like a bell curve with the 70s and 80s kind of being the peak, and then it just lessens the farther out you get from that in each direction. Well, for me, it probably depends on, okay, what channel is he on this time? Because if I go to Pandora, which is my primary music source, just because I have a account there, it's I think it's over a decade old at this point. I have... Uh, I, Actually, let's go look. Since we're talking music now, this is the musical portion of the podcast. Yeah, with only one news topic and a couple of our uh, host topics uh, being shaky. <laughs> yeah, when did Pandora come out or launch? Yeah, I'm trying to find uh, my creation dates on these uh, channels. And unfortunately, uh, they've uh, changed it where uh, it doesn't show the creation date uh, easily now. Holy crap. I didn't realize Pandora was that old. Yeah. You're 2000. Yeah, I think I was on it in the first couple of years. I didn't start using Pandora until like 2007, 2008. I have, yeah. uh, I, I know I have stations that are at least 2006. And that's stations that I haven't deleted in the meantime. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm a, a Google Play music subscriber now, so I haven't used Google Play in a long time. Yeah, uh, well, then why are you paying for it? Paying for what, Pandora? No, no, you, you're a Google Play uh, uh, subscriber, so you don't use it anymore. N- you got your words mixed up, and I'm picking on you for it. Okay, I was like, did I say something <laughs> ma- mixed up, and you're picking on me, or yes, were you not paying attention? Uh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Okie dokie. So our first news topic, or our only news topic of this week, um, I kind of made up. Usually we just use like the the headline name or whatever. Or close to it. Yeah. But this one I just really made up. Small developer makes big threats. Which, Um, uh, to be fair, is not exactly new. But this one, it's more uh, open than a lot of the other ones are. Because a lot of uh, the other ones have been... Uh, legal actions against users. This is uh, blatant uh, trying to blackball certain 
sites based on reviews. Yep. Uh, developer Badfly, which are the people who make um, the Dead Effect games, and I think they make something else too, like some mobile game. Uh, actually, they probably make a few, and I just don't know any of them. But they sent out a, a message to creators that I'm just going to condense in here. Critics, uh, basically, you mean. there's or yeah, to critics. Sorry, to critics. And basically, what they're saying uh, is that we're small. We're a pretty small developer, and we make budget games so be kind to us and if you say mean things we'll never give you a review copy again yeah it looks like they just had the dead effect series at least according to their website okay i thought they had another series but i mean you know i could be mixing them up with someone else in that respect but anyways so yeah um now i does it has this article been updated to reflect the fact that they apologized for Uh, no uh uh, it's basically they uh, thought nobody was going to say anything. In other yeah. words, they're dense motherfuckers. Yeah. Uh, I don't see how they thought that that would happen, but, you know, whatever floats their boat, I guess. Or, Just or, No, no. I think it was more they were expecting nobody to really care. That's probably a lot closer to what they were expecting. Yeah. Which they probably looked at Bethesda blackballing, well, before Bethesda uh, went to the the absolutely uh, brain-dead extreme that they have with their review copies of uh, blackballing, uh, it was Polygon and who else was it? Uh, just because they kept uh, breaking embargoes over and over again? I think it was Rock, Paper, Shotgun and Polygon. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember the other one. I know Polygon was definitely one of them. But that's a different thing. That's not them trying to force to their game to look better by cherry-picking their critics. That's them saying, okay, you're breaking the gentleman's agreement of an embargo. Because that's what a, an embargo really is. It's a gentleman's agreement that you're not going to publish your review until this date so that you're not rushing through the game to give it a fair review. Right. And for embargoes that uh, make sense, where they're at least a day or two before the game launches, so people have a chance to make an informed decision, then I have no problem with it's the you know it's the embargoes that are or launch day, you know, two or three hours after the game releases, or days after the game releases in some cases. Yeah, that's where I have a problem with it. Uh, but this is completely different where they're embargoing people. Well, uh, sorry, prohibiting people, not because of embargoes, but because, well, you said something nasty about my game. Screw you. You're not getting a copy anymore. I don't see why you would ever want to do that anyways, regardless of your studio size. Big studios can get away with it a little more because, you know, they're huge and they can absorb any criticism and, you know, push everything to the side and, they have large audiences that are going to buy games regardless of what reviewers and critics say. But smaller, style. yeah, but smaller devs don't have that. They depend on the exposure that they can get from critics, uh, especially games that are kind of like this, kind of middle of the road, mediocre, average games that, you know, are just trying to exist. Well, I never claimed that these people were intelligent. But yeah, I mean, that just gives any reviewer that might potentially want to review your game a bad taste in their mouth. And they might just go buy it anyways, which, you know, yay for you, one sale, and then they just destroy it. Like, 
Jim Sterling does that. He's been blacklisted by several reviewers, and he's like, I don't give a fuck. I just go buy their game anyways and then give it the review, or, you know, give it a review, and then, you know, they keep on a little negative bias because uh, of the bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. So it just doesn't seem like a smart idea in any way. And it another thing that's odd to me is usually um, devs pick or pitch, like, temper tantrums after their games come out, but I feel like this was preemptive, like, a, a, a pre-temper tantrum, like, oh, yeah, which doesn't, nice to us, or I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to take my ball and go home. Yeah, which doesn't exactly breed confidence for their product, does it? <laughs> no, it does not. Have you played Dead Effect 1 or 2? No. I never even heard of them. As a matter of fact, when I just glanced at the title, and this is probably what they were going for with the title name... I saw, uh, you know, different games, right? Yeah, you're thinking of Dead Space or yeah. Mass Effect, it, like most likely. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I, well, I was thinking of both of those two, uh, and I just I glanced at it. It's like, wait, oh, Dead Effect. Well. <laughs> yeah, I might, I'm going to look this up on on Steam as soon as I clear, close out this. The Steam anime charts? thing that popped up. On my Steam Discovery queue. Dead Effect. Let's see. Dead Effect 2. Maximum number of players. All-time peak is 257. And that peak has been actually recently. (laughs) I think Dead Effect 2 just released on Steam like in the last two or three weeks. Yeah, I've never yeah. played either of these games. I mean, yeah, Dead well, Effect... Well, 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 let's put it this way. I'm looking at the charts. It looks like if it released in the very beginning of the year, it had a, a really crappy launch. Then they did something that got them a bit of a peak. Then there was a a bit of a weekend peak. And then just now with all this uh, publicity, that, that's really the thing it is. And, okay, I'm... I'm going to throw a tinfoil hat theory on this. All right. Okay. Do you think they're banking on the Strazen effect for this? And mm. trying to just get their name out by doing something mind-bogglingly stupid? Maybe. I don't feel I, I, like that's their intent. Um, it just didn't feel cynical. It felt like they were... Or they're, uh, or they're more... They're actually benefiting from an inverted uh, Strassan effect, I guess is the best way to do it. Well, yeah. well, uh, well the Strassan effect itself is inverted, but yeah, an inverted benefit of it, which is strange. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they were trying to gain a little bit of power over reviewers. Um, yeah, but is... not that they were trying to trigger... Like, I don't feel like this was a publicity stunt. I think they were generally trying to strong-arm uh, reviewers and critics, and everyone laughed at them, and they're like, oh, uh, yeah, we're, maybe we're they sorry. Think we're sorry. That they're doing Mass Effect or uh, <laughs> Dead Space. Because, uh, honestly, those games uh, could probably get away with strong-arming critics, but... Yeah. Well... well uh, get people to actually listen, I guess I should say, because I don't think they, they could get away with blatant strong arming. Well, 
and not get absolutely roasted by people. Yeah. I mean, it could be they, that they got a little too big for their britches. Yeah. They're like, well, we've made a couple yeah, of this games is the, yeah, that this have is the, been both the moderately strength, successful. This is both the strength and the weakness of the indie scene is that literally anyone could be part of it. And sometimes you get some crazy slash dense motherfuckers. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, anything's possible. It could have been, you know, a cynical attention grab. Yeah, just in but, the last couple of years, I, well, let's see, Phil Fish, uh, uh, throwing multiple temper tantrums, uh, since he released Fez. Yeah, uh, but he's the, got a, he's got of, a case of the Trumps taking his ball and going home. <laughs> supposedly. Yeah, I can play then, this game too. And then, uh, and supposedly, and then coming back and then leaving again. And, uh, maybe you should, uh, see a doctor about all this coming and going. <laughs> Then the developer for Paranormal Activity uh, throwing a temper tantrum because of a mistaken or probably a cached uh, image that showed his game still in early access when it released, when it really wasn't. Which I could understand being upset, but threatening to kill Gabe Duell. I was going to say, that was the guy who threatened Gabe, right? Yeah, the CEO of the very distribution platform you're trying to use. You threaten him. You dense motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah. So, I I, ju- I mean, I just found this fascinating. It's This happened, this whole thing happened, mm, what, last Wednesday yeah. or Thursday? Yeah, this was, this was breaking when we were recording last week. Yeah, as things are. And so, you know, I've just watched the studio develop, or the, the story develop over the, the last few days. Yeah, and they're um, sorry because they got caught. I, I mean, that's it. Oh, train. Choo-choo. It's a loud choo-choo. It fits, though, since I'm listening to the the Rocket League soundtrack. I just, like, close my eyes and imagine myself <laughs> on that level where the train drives by for once in a while. You see why that uh, train always screws me up, right? Yeah. Just let me know when it's passed and we'll carry on. Well, I think it's passed. It's just... Well, well the engine's passed, I should say. Okay. Take a sip of my Bev. Mmm, delicious. Okay. <clears throat> Are you uh, ready to move on to our first well, it, topic? Us topic? Yeah, just about. It's just uh, the the indie scene. Uh, people need to realize that they don't have the weight of EA behind them. <laughs> that's right. I think that's the big thing. Uh, you need you need all the exposure you can get and. Jim Sterling has proven, <laughs> you know, even bad exposure can net you sales. Yeah. There, there's, uh, I, I want to kind of call it the MST3K effect where, you know, you could have a game so bad or so broken. People want to try it just to see all the stupid shit that happens in it. Yeah. And absolutely make fun of it. I think the thing is that people get overly attached to their babies uh, with uh, uh, indie gaming because there yeah. is a, there is this disconnect for a lot of AAA games where uh, outside of Sean Murray which okay I, I'm not going to call uh, uh, No Man's Sky a AAA game I'm going to call it a AA game 
that wanted to be triple A, but ended up being single A. But you don't really have a lot of faces in uh, gaming anymore. You don't have the singular designer uh, behind the team. Right. So there's this disconnect. It's the team. It's not me. Right. So, Which uh, does take some of that sort of, this is mine. This is my project. And yeah. I think it's wonderful. You know, it takes some of that away. Yeah, but at the same time, you also kind of lose that personal touch because you don't have those labors of love like Stardew Valley, for example. Right. Because Stardew Valley would have never made it as a uh, AAA game. I mean, it simply wouldn't. It's too niche to begin with. Yeah. Uh, well, well, outside of a Nintendo platform, I guess I should say, because, of course, there's Harvest Moon. And Harvest right. Moon's still an ongoing series, I think. I think so, too. I think it's... Well, well, I, well I know the... Uh, the uh, the uh, original development team and, and the publisher had a falling out and there's stuff going on there, but I don't know 100% what's going on because I don't really follow Nintendo stuff anymore. I've I've been following the Switch stuff just because it's interesting uh, just to see just how batshit crazy Nintendo is now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But... And just how many uh, millennial uh, rooftop parties they'll th- uh, throw into their uh, promotional material. All the parties. Yeah, but not very many sexy ones. <laughs> uh, well, now it's my equivalent of the train. My kid is crying. Uh, so let's let's wrap this discussion up. Take All a right. very short break for me to go see what's wrong with my kid. And then we'll come back and talk about PC hardware. Okay. All right, we are back. Uh, let's go talk about PC hardware. Our topic, our uh, general topic, when does PC hardware become obsolete? Uh, and that's going to be a tricky uh, subject because what are we say- calling obsolete? Well, in terms of just... I-, I guess it depends on what you're using your PC for. And I think in our context, we're mostly talking about gaming. Um, but something that's just for general web browsing and, uh, word document or even spreadsheet stuff. I mean, computer hardware can go back, a, you know, quite a few years becomes it before it just becomes unusable. I mean, I'd say well, easy uh, 10, 15 years before the programs just get too large for those really old systems to handle. Well, I was going to, uh, be more of what type of gamer you are because, uh, well, uh, my stepfather goes to the senior center and there's this old Windows XP machine that they use for solitaire. <laughs> and technically that's gaming. Yeah. Um, but and also, uh, I mean, old hardware can typically run indie games. Yeah. Know, that, yeah. That's what I was going to uh, really well. uh, uh, talk about was that for the indie scene, you know, you don't need very powerful machines for a majority of it. Until you start getting into things like Arc Survival Evolved, uh, where, okay, that's also partly because it's just a an optimized piece of shit. Not that I have an opinion on that game or anything. Nah, I couldn't tell. 
But I'm just looking at this front page of Steam and uh, looking at some of the indie games that's recently come out. Granted, there's a couple here that you know, I don't think a lot of people would uh, really want outside of you. Like Panty Party, for example. Actually, Panty Party looks fucking stupid. <laughs> you don't want that? No, it looks awful. Like, not <laughs> stupid in a good way. Like, who thought that this would be a good idea, stupid? But let's see, um, The Great War, 2 gigs of RAM, uh, DX9 uh, shader model 2.0, and 800 uh, megabytes of uh, storage space. That's not a lot. The RAM is probably the big limiting factor, but RAM is, uh, yeah, that much RAM isn't that much. Yeah. Yeah, that's not too much at all. So for indie gaming, you could go quite a while. It's where you, It's when you get to AAA gaming. And once again, that also depends on the publisher, really, because, oh, I've had so many problems with uh, Ubisoft just having terrible optimization and terrible support for uh, hardware in general. Yeah. That, you know, there, right there is, uh, you know, you have to have either a newer system or be in their supported systems. I would say EA out of the really, really big publishers is probably the uh, most con to older hardware. I mean, that's not saying that they uh, have their games where they have absolutely huge system requirements to uh, be at the bleeding edge of their graphical fidelity, but they do have a low uh, version of it where uh, older hardware that's, I would say, five or six years old could probably run most of their games. Yeah. Also, you you uh, use the term bleeding edge. I think it also depends on what type of gamer you are. You know, and on top of all your, the other and factors, what your system was when you built it or bought it. Well, I mean, if you're someone who wants to experience modern games at the best that they can be, what's going to be obsolete for you is going to be what's you know six months, a year old, you know, at tops, and then you need to move on if your goal is to just be at the you know at the bleeding edge. If you're someone that's more like me or you, you know, we game more on a budget and we like things to look nice, but they don't have to, you know, what's obsolete for us is, well, is it broken yet? No? Okay, I guess it's still good then, you know. Yeah, that's the uh, real difference is what the computer was when it was built, because a mid-system, uh, mid-tier system that's six years old is a lot different from a top-of-the-line model when it was uh, six years old. Right. So that's also uh, factoring into things. I would say for AAA gaming, a, f- a five- to six-year-old system is probably about where you're starting to run into a lot of problems for mid-tier. Yeah. And yeah, I'd agree with unless that. Unless you just had uh, bad luck with a, a certain hardware combination like I did. <laughs> right. Um, and for indie gaming, oh, uh, it once again depends completely on where you're going with it because uh, indie gaming is quite the broad scene. It it goes from uh, just uh, little indie games or little games that pop out on Steam that you know no one's uh, ever going to hear about that one guy made to No Man's Sky. You know, and, I, and no, I'm not using No Man's Sky in a uh, sarcastic. Uh, uh, tone of this time at least but you know absolutely massive uh, uh, team and a massive backing behind it which I, I realized No Man's Sky is kind of bordering the edge of what indie and, tri- and uh, AAA 
gaming is because it did have the backing of Sony. But uh, for this argument, you know? Yeah. Um, I guess this wasn't... I mean, this isn't a bad conversation, but this wasn't how I thought we were going to have this conversation. Really, it's like, what kind of gamer are you? Or what are you interested in? Okay, well then, uh, that's probably going to be this many years or that many years. I don't know what I don't know what I was expecting, but this wasn't it. <laughs> what did I disappoint you? No, it's fine. I just I don't I guess I don't know what I imagined in my head we were going to talk about when well, I Well, you're the that one that picked put this. On the list. I know. It's fine. It's fine. It's we're we're giving consumer advice. Yeah, I'm just looking at uh, some of the uh, random indie games that's come out in the uh, last uh, I would say week or two on Steam. Uh, this one that's a giant era i hope that's a placeholder <laughs> that's a space game that has this just giant arrow pointing a direction uh, that looks like it's not a ui element <laughs> but let's see go uh, this way uh four gigs of ram uh, graphics device that supports OpenGL 3.0 or higher and 600 megabytes of uh, storage space once again not huge or huge <laughs> what what is a, a system that's obsolete to you like oh. uh, i would say i would say anything os was before windows 7 now i think windows 7 is a good breaking point for uh, os at least what do you think yeah, definitely. I mean, and that, Windows uh, Vista was was always kind of shit, and Windows XP was good for a long time, but just, you know, things moved on, and, you know, they created new operating systems as opposed to just sticking to XP and changing it. So, yeah, yeah so definitely. I, I think that's sort of the uh, breaking point, uh, and I realize that's not a hardware thing, that's a software thing, but that's uh, sending also the baseline uh, system requirements. Right. Because you... Uh, at least at the time needed a, a not a, a, an amazing system but a decent system to run windows 7 uh well yeah you know i bet windows 7 would be considered obsolete now if windows 10 didn't have such a shitty launch oh well it's not so much the launch it's just how microsoft handled uh, the upgrade right yeah and also some of the uh concerns about it yeah, but I mean, I, you know, they want to get people away from their older platforms that don't have all the built-in Windows Store and and all of that jazz, and I just know that they would be calling Windows 7 obsolete and stop supporting it even sooner if Windows 10 hadn't had such yeah, a rocky they, beginning. Uh, aren't they ending uh, support for Windows 7 not too long from now anyway? Yeah, I think it's end of this year or next year. I could just Google it. That would tell me for sure. Oh, my kid. <laughs> and no sprawling. I'm disappointed. But like, like I said, I'm just uh, looking at uh, some of the system requirements. And uh, sure, you're not going to run this on 15-year-old hardware for most of this stuff. Well, uh, Crypto the Decker Dancer, uh, for example. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is the uh, expansion for it, I believe. Or no, no, this is Crypto the Necker Dancer. I clicked through. Is uh, two gig proce- uh, two uh, gigahertz processor, uh, one point uh, 
six uh, gig of uh, space uh, storage was. So that's actually a lot. But a uh, hundred, uh, sorry, five hundred twelve megabytes of video RAM and one gig of uh, system RAM. That's not a lot. That's not a lot. No. So Windows uh, Seven. Uh, 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 here it is. It, it, OS supported uh, supports Windows XP. <laughs> nice. Um, so Windows Seven support was originally slated to end at the end of 2015, but due to literally what I just said, due to widespread problems with Windows 10, they extended support to 2017 for all versions except for the basic version uh, of Windows Seven. And then security updates are going to continue until 2020. Okay. So essentially, Windows 7 is uh, nearly obsolete anyway. Yeah. Uh, I would say 2020 is the real cutoff for it when it stops getting security updates. Yeah. I'm going to see when Windows 8 is supposed to have its end of support. Uh, I don't think they've announced a date for it yet. At least that I know of. Yeah, one didn't pop up. It like popped up immediately when I searched for Windows Seven, like at the very top, in one of those little windows, mm-hmm. where it's like, "Here's the information you just asked for," but it does not for Windows Eight. So, yeah, I'm just clicking through, and I, outside of the oddities like Arc, where they went for a very high fidelity, or the game is just very unoptimized still. Uh, a yeah. lot of the in, uh, more recent indie games are. Fairly uh, bodiced on their system requirements. Yeah. Like uh, Astro Deer, actually, this one's a, a has four gigs of uh, uh, RAM required, but still a uh, two gig uh, uh, processor. Right. So still, yeah, pretty modest, but uh, recommended uh, starts to creep up there. Eight gigs of uh, of uh, system RAM. Uh, four gigs of uh, storage with uh, it, it does support uh, Windows 7 though uh, uh, directly I guess I should say I mean of course it likely supports Windows 7 unless it's a DirectX 12 uh, exclusive title but there's not really a lot of them out there there's some but not and most of them are limited to the Windows store and so absolutely poorly because of it yeah uh, did Windows XP have a 64-bit version? Uh, I'm pretty sure it did. I think it was the first Windows that did. Okay. I'm Googling it as well. well it did. Bit... The business and pro editions of Windows XP had 64-bit versions. So... Cool. I didn't yeah. know when 64-bit uh, operating systems first came about because I see a lot of games that uh, require you to have a 64-bit OS, yeah. you know, especially modern games. And uh, if your OS was 32-bit, that makes it obsolete. I mean, you know, regardless of what the rest of your system looks like. Yeah, and that's uh, mostly coming down to uh, just how much RAM uh, the system could use. Yeah. Because anything that requires over three gigs of RAM requires a 64-bit operating system. Yep, because the you can't use the full four gigs that 32-bit supports because some of it's got to be used by your OS and other processors that run 
I think the max well, you could well, squeeze the, out the, of it the, was the max, 3.5. Uh, yeah, yeah, the max is actually, I, I th- well, uh, Kerbal was having the hard crash at right at 3. Okay. Uh, due to, uh, its RAM, uh, having an overflow. But I'm, I'm pretty sure Windows XP was the first, uh, uh, 64 bit. I'm, I'm not certain. Hey, hang on. Oh, no, it looks like Windows 95 had a, a 64 bit. And that was probably business only, though. Wow. That's crazy to think that 64 bit's actually a lot older. Or there are at least runs on 64-bit uh, uh, computers. Because uh, I think for a while, uh, 64, uh, uh, 64-bit was also more of a hardware thing. And that's kind of uh, gone away. And uh, Well, the 32-bit, I guess, uh, I should say, has gone away. Looks like the first thing to use super, uh, 64-bit architecture was uh, the Cray 1 supercomputer from... The seventies. Oh, that's cray. <laughs> that's cray cray. Interesting. Yeah, if I wanted to do the Google thing, I wonder equivalent power wise, what is a, a mid tier uh, tower nowadays compared to the cray supercomputer? Oh, I'm sure it's. It, it would be hilarious. It would be hilarious though, wouldn't it? Yeah, I was looking at something. It's been a while, but I was looking at like a list of the most powerful supercomputers in the world throughout time and like devices they compared to. Yeah. And it's like, if you took a smartphone back to like the eighties, uh, like a modern day smartphone, you would have more computing power than the entire planet combined. <laughs> in like just a, you know, a run of the mill average smartphone. It was crazy. I wonder, is there anything that runs on 128 bit architecture? Cause that would be the next step up. Maybe modern supercomputers. Yeah, maybe. Looks like uh, the uh, Wikipedia page doesn't have all that much yet, so. No, yeah. But then there, you start getting into, uh, well, I know I'm probably going to misuse this term, but quantum computing, uh, opening that field up instead of going to uh, uh, 128. Maybe. Quantum computing is fascinating. Yeah, uh, and I'm completely out of my depth on it. <laughs> I know a bit, but I mean, yeah, I'm also pretty far out of my depth. Uh, the basic idea behind quantum computing, though, well, is using uh, electrons, huh. individual electrons, as I, transistors. I, I should have realized this, but um, uh, I just never really thought about it. Modern GPU chips are 256-bit. Uh, of course it is. I mean, it's a, a huge amount of uh, uh, data there. I just I never really considered it, you know, just uh, it being 256-bit. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Uh, but that's for very, very, very focused. Specialized, yeah. Specialized, yeah. Although, I mean, the specialized things of today are the general use items of tomorrow, so. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, sci-fi uh, dictates the future. Just look at, well, look at Star Trek and just how many gadgets from today are uh, were in Star Trek, the original series. In yeah. In one form or another. Yeah. About all they, they've I, got I'm, on us is I'm interstellar travel and teleporters. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised nobody has a case that it's like a uh, uh, that makes a, a cell phone a communicator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, a Bluetooth case that you open it up and it does the chirp. 
I'm sure that exists. It must exist. Hmm. I'd be surprised if it doesn't actually, but you know, I, I've never seen that. Yeah. Granted, it would be a lot bulkier than a, a cell phone. So I'm browsing through an old Reddit article like from four years ago that came up on my search. And it looks like that Microsoft was considering making uh, their next OS after mm-hmm. Windows 8 a 128-bit operating system. And the gist of it is that currently there's just no need for it. 64-bit OSs are still more than capable of handling anything that goes on. Yeah, for now. For now. So maybe in the future we'll see 128-bit OS become, or 128-bit uh, processing become Well, it also standard. depends on where computing goes because... That's very again, true. Very true. There's different uh, possible paths. Yeah. We've destroyed way off topic. <laughs> yeah. That's what the general topics are for. Yeah. All right. So do you want to... Yeah, I want to do this. Let's do this. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, are, what? Okay. Are, are you going to? Okay. <laughs> are our standards too high for modern AAA game devs? No. Okay. All right. Enough said. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, I guess we should expand upon this. And uh, for uh, to expand on my answer, 2016. Shit year. <laughs> In general, but uh, the AAA devs showed that, yeah, if our standards are too high, then they need to fucking improve. Because, well, when we were doing the VGO Awards, we actually had trouble thinking of a AAA release that did well <laughs> on launch. Doom. But that was like the only one. Yeah. It was uh, Doom or uh, Civ Six. Yeah. So, I don't. All the other ones had severe crashing issues. They had just blatant lying. (laughs) Or, or, sorry, alternative facts. I got to remember the new phrase because this is a brave new world. (laughs) Civilization (laughs) reference. Nice. Um, No, no, I I was going. Never mind. But I don't think our standards are too... I think your standards are too high if you're like, this game is going to change. I expect it to change my life. This is going to be an industry changer. And everything. Like, if you expect that all the time, your standards are too high. But if your standards are, you know, I think this game should work, and it should be pretty enjoyable, and that I should at least feel like I get my money's worth out of it. That's not too high standards. That's Mm -hmm. just what, you know... That's just what should exist in our marketplace. You know, I mean, sure, you get some turds and you get some things that are, you know, gold. But for the most part, you just expect it to be functionable, fully functionable and enjoyable. Yeah, but here's the thing is that uh, AAA developers, well, I, I shouldn't put this on the developers. This is the publishers, most likely, are uh, pushing more and more that... Uh, just get the game out. We'll fix it later. And putting these absolutely absurd timetables. It's coming back to, uh, once again, scale bound as a, an example of this. Or you get uh, the a schedule where it's just impossible for the devs to actually put their game together. And they realize that 
It's going to be a loss if they even try to patch it because it's so broken, which is what Galebound sounds like happened. Granted, yeah. I, I haven't heard any more follow-ups to that yet, so we're still speculating overall. Yeah, after the initial kind of... The first speculation and then the response from the 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 developers and then Microsoft's little response, it's just kind of gone radio silence on that. Yeah, I imagine we'll probably hear about it in a year or two exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, since we haven't heard about it yet, uh, I think it's going to be, you know, until somebody gets fired or uh, they're released from the NDA. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, it's this push towards, you know, get it out, fix it later. That's lowered their standards. And the, the problem is that they're not being punished for doing this. As a matter of fact, they're getting rewarded. Because, well, let's throw No Man's Sky under the bus again because uh, we haven't killed that glue bottle yet. Uh, they released an absolutely broken mess on launch. And I'm not talking about feature-wise. I'm talking about performance-wise. Watching people having absolutely pitiful frame rates on absolutely beastly machines. Yeah. Uh, fundamentally a broken game uh, just on its features list having so many things missing and their uh, big response was oh wait it was radio silence wasn't it <laughs> a lot of radio silence <laughs> but it's that expectation of people will just take it and take it and take it and take it until they're going to hit a breaking point I think or, you know, they crash the industry, <laughs> one of the two. Yeah. And, and I will say, uh, and crash it for the AAA developers, where it's no longer profitable to have a hundred-man team with a several hundred million uh, dollar budget. Uh, overall, I'm including the marketing and everything else, the merchandising and everything in that uh, huge budget. Yeah. I um I heard I think it was I heard someone talking about it, an industry person, uh, on like a podcast. They were guests on podcast or something. I, I think that's where I'm getting this from, but I might have read it. Um they had like this huge list of predictors for what twenty seventeen had a strong chance to be the year where there's enough consumer pushback that we see changes. Cause in even like a lot of mainstream places that normally don't give two shits about this sort of thing and they just want to get their ad revenue, you're starting to see uh, editorials and things pop up where that they're talking about, you know, how bad the state of gaming was in 2016. And um, yeah, 2016, people need to I take, think it's going to be a watershed moment where people are going to look back at it like that was the changing point. Now, the question yeah. is, where are we turning? Because the industry can't keep on this course. It has to go somewhere. What direction is it going? Yeah. But we are also looking at it from a different perspective. We are not the average consumer. We've talked about this. And not even the people talking on Reddit, they're not the average consumer. They're, yeah. They're the equivalent of people going on a, well, let's use the movie industry. They're the equivalent of somebody hanging on IMDb and talking in the message boards there. Right. 
we're the uh, equivalent of, well, the, the uh, uh, critics. Um, I mean, I am a critic, technically. Uh, yeah. Because I absolutely rip <laughs> games apart every Sunday. Everybody's but, a critic. Uh, but the general audience, they're not the ones that are hanging out on IMDb for the movies. They uh, see the preview, maybe, and uh, go. Or they have experience with the previous one. So Yeah. It's when they start leaving. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I really... And maybe we're just looking at this from our perspective and able to hear this outcry that the general people can't hear because they aren't in the place for it. And they haven't noticed that, you know, they're getting less and less because they don't hear the promises. They just see... Oh, well, this game looks interesting. Yeah. It is nice to see, though, more mainstream sites starting to have this conversation. Because if, you know, more people go there than do what we do and do multiple researches on things, you know. And, I mean, there's still plenty of people who don't go anywhere and just, you know, browse Amazon or Steam or, yeah. It's like, oh, that box looks cool. But... Uh, though those are the p- kind of people that don't probably don't pre-order games either, because I think that's a much more casual. It's like, oh, I want to go play a game. Let me go window shop. Oh, that one looks nice. I'll buy that one. So I think you're starting to get to the other end of the scale where that there are people that don't even engage enough to be part of the problem. But that is speculation on my part. I have no anything to back that up, except just my own musings on the situation. So. I really hope that this year is a year of change, positive change, not negative change, that runs us into the ground. All right. uh, Welcome back, listeners, to I don't know what you would call this. So for you, a few seconds will have passed, and there will be a weird interruption in conversation and some elevator music. For us, it has been just shy of 24 hours. Uh, and whose fault is this? Comcast. Oh. There was a service outage in my in in much of the uh, Tennessee Valley area around Chattanooga uh, last night at. Uh, what was it like? One thirty in the morning. Yeah, for most people, it wouldn't make a difference, but for us, not so much. Yeah, everything was down for a few hours. I don't know if it was like a planned service outage. I never received an email or letter in the mail, and I couldn't find anything on their website. So, my guess is that something happened, and and a lot of shit went wrong. Yeah, let's just put it this way: I chattered away for probably about ten or so seconds, then I realized, huh, it's awfully quiet. Oh, I went longer than that. I because I I started talking and I talked for like thirty seconds or so, and then I went, well, "Rage, you're not saying anything. Are you there?" Well, well here's and then the I thing: realized is, my connection had dropped. Well, well, here's the thing: is that I did get a call disconnect for about a minute. Because yeah, it, it uh, took a while for it to disconnect because call I kept for trying to uh, reconnect and yeah, fun times, fun times. So what we're gonna do is we're just gonna transition into community corner. Uh, where we have one letter from, one audio letter, I should say, from Kyle, 
and then we're going to yell about things for a while, maybe. <laughs> I don't have a lot of energy. I'm going to tell this story. Should I tell the story now, or should I wait till the end and tell the story? Uh, well, it's not technically part of Community Corner, but uh, it's up to you. Okay, I'll just go ahead and tell it now. So I'm I'm probably going to be kind of low energy. I've had a very long day. All right, Hillary. Day. <laughs> Better than Trump. Uh so earlier today, this is not related to the same story, but I led a, did a, a roundtable discussion for one of the, the graduate classes, uh, and I was like the moderator. And that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, doing this definitely helped with that because, you know, it's hurting cats and all that jazz. But that was fun. Wait, wait, wait. You mean this helped you stay on topic? Yeah, this actually really helped me stay on topic and leave How discussions. How the fuck did that happen? Because I am good at being a host, Rage. Very, very good. <laughs> oh. When when my guests are not unruly... Kyle? I didn't have a co... I, yeah, Kyle. And sometimes Rage. Although you're the co-host, so you get away with it more. But, no, they were all very respectful and so just, like, followed my lead. So it was, like, perfect. Everyone was very pleased with me. They're like, oh, you should do your own show. And I'm like, I do. Video Game Logic Podcast. Yeah, I was, and I was like, about be prepared that. for a lot more swearing, though. <laughs> yeah, and some of it even by you. Yeah. Yeah. I swear more here than anywhere else. Definitely. I mean, like, obviously, so I'm not against you swear. swearing. I just tend to, to reserve it. Uh, but no, so that, that was a little bit exhausting. But uh, the really exhausting part today was that I had a client confess that she murdered her husband and that happened at my in my last session of the day in the last 10 minutes of the session and i was like well okay oh things are about to get fun well see there are only some unless like they walk in and they're covered in blood and like hey i just murdered somebody it's not reportable to law authorities or you know to the authorities Mm -hmm. at least not by me. If I had my own clinic, you know, I wouldn't report it anyways unless I really felt strongly that someone was in danger. Yeah. But this is from a few years ago, and I'm not going to divulge client information, but well, I obviously. understand why she did it. So it, it it was too far. I don't think she should have done it, but I get why she did, and I don't think that she's a danger to anybody. Uh, but she felt I she was in danger to, or something? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Uh, well, I could I, I see that. I, could, I suppose I could say she was in a very abusive relationship. Ah. Uh, and so she, that was her way out. So, um, so you know, I could see why she did it. Um, and that she, I don't think she's a danger to anybody. But even though it's not reportable to the authorities, since it's not my clinic, I have to report that sort of thing to my supervisor. Yeah, and let him um, take care of it. Yeah, so I, you know, I called him and I was like, um, so this is what happened. Uh, and I know that there's like some protocols in place for this, but because the clinics literally never had to use them before, at what do we do? And so we had to talk about it and my supervisor had to come into the clinic from his, from his home and we had to go through some legal stuff and I had to sign some paperwork and hand over some documentation and all that jazz. And it took like two and a half hours. So that's where I'm. Oh, my kid. That's where I'm at. I'm not like 
it, it was a little odd. Like, that's just, you know, you see that thing happen in, like, movies and on TV all the time. But in the real world, that does not happen very often. Yeah. My, my supervisor has been in practice for something like 45 years. And he's like, I've never had this happen. You know? Like, I've never even, nobody that I know has ever, you know, had this happen to them. So... He's like, you uh, you won the lottery. And I was like, well, that's a weird kind of lottery to win, man. I said, I said, uh, and I, I just completed my bingo card. Yeah, and you Actually, got- I'm not, I'm not completing my bingo card. The only thing I'm missing now is client suicide. And I will have filled out my entire bingo card of all of the weird things that can come in to a therapist. So I'm doing good. Like, now are you actively trying to fill out this bingo card now, or no? I don't uh, want a client to commit suicide. I'd like to not fill that one out. I don't uh, want anybody uh, to die on my watch. Just checking, just checking. But you know, you have to have a little bit of dark humor yeah. to to be a therapist. You deal with a lot of nasty stuff a lot of the time. So. Now, 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 quick question: Does it do they have to be in session for it to count? Or uh, okay, I'll stop. <laughs> Well, I think that would be bonus points if it happens in session, but outside of session still counts. Okay. Because they're considered under your care for the entire time that they're seeing you, which includes being out of session. All right. Boy, things got dark. Indeed. But that's okay. So that's why there was no stream tonight, everybody. I, uh, I didn't even get home until after the stream would have started anyways, and I had to fill Katie in. Because, I mean, I called her and I was like, I don't know what I can tell you right now. I have to talk to my supervisor. I am going to be late. She was like, okay. Let me know when you can. Because that's just, you know, sometimes this happens. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've been late a couple of times for, for dealing with client stuff. This is definitely the latest, though. But, so, yeah, I came home and then I was like, I just need to, like, relax for a little bit. And, and Fire up some Factorio. Yeah. Yeah, I played Factorio. Cause it's a weird, like it's weird. I don't like. I don't feel like. I don't feel like in danger or like triggered or like I'm gonna be sick or anything. It's just like it's a really odd, surreal feeling that's hard to explain. Like someone trusted me enough to tell me that they murdered their 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 significant other. That's pretty intense. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm here. I'm fine. I'm ready to do well, the show. Now you could expect them to tell you anything. <laughs> yeah, I literally can say I've heard it all, and I can I can always tell clients they're like, "Oh, you won't you won't be able to handle this." I can be like, "Look, I had a client one time tell me that they killed their husband. So if what you did is is somehow worse than that, then maybe, but I doubt it's worse than that." Fun times. So yeah, how about that community corner? <laughs> yeah, Kyle, let's uh, lighten things up and start bashing on Trump. <laughs> yeah, so. Let's uh, let's have Kyle's audio there. Greetings, Jay Arthur and Caffeine Rage. This is Kyle coming at you about... Okay, well, this is an audio letter I've had to re-record about four times now for reasons that will become apparent as uh, the audio letter progresses. You see, my first draft of this was on my old computer, which went ahead and up and died, which was inconvenient. And then the events of last Friday, that would be January 20th, 2017, for those of you listening in the future... Donald Trump got sworn in as the President of the United States. And he is a man so lacking in both common sense and political instincts that I'm not entirely sure he is that fucking stupid, or we as a nation are on the single largest episode of Punked in the history of television. 
In only his first four days of office, we have been treated to the idea for the next four years we're going to be dealing in alternative facts. He's made it very, very hard for women to get an abortion if they're American. He's gone ahead and nostril-fucked the environment. Oh yeah, let's not forget the holiday that he instated that's celebrating him. But, 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 I would like to move away from current politics. That's not what this letter is about. Instead, let's talk about other current politics. Oh, the old bait-and-switch. Yes, indeed, I'm going to be covering the topic of internet as a utility and why that's actually a really fucking bad idea right now. The most common comparison I've ever heard about internet as a utility would be that of electricity in America, because in America, before electricity was considered to be a utility and was considered to be more of a luxury, private companies would run their own generators and you would pay those companies directly. Now, the rates would fluctuate here, there, and everywhere because, you know, the market demanded it. But when electricity was considered to be such a life-changing and essential part of the American experience, the United States went ahead and created the only legal monopoly in this country. That would be AEP, American Electric Power. And those are the people who directly own the power lines, and they run something called the grid. So the grid is kind of interesting in that it's not actually a thing. It's more of an electricity marketplace. See, there's a nuclear power plant about 12 miles away from me. And when they produce electricity, they don't sell it directly to me. They actually sell it to the grid, and then the grid sells me the electricity. And what that does is it prevents companies from jacking up the rates of electricity because there's always a constant supply of it. Now, hypothetically, if I set out some solar panels, I wouldn't be powering my house directly. I would be selling that energy back to the grid, and the energy that I would have to pull off when it's cloudy outside, I would be buying from the grid, and that would be offset in my electricity bill. Now, a grid system for internet would not work for two major reasons, the first of which is I can't provide more internet to sell back to the grid. Now, that sounds like kind of a personal problem, but it's really not. See, what that means is the internet is cordoned off to people who are able to essentially run the internet, the people who own server farms and the people who run the connections between server farms which in America is cable companies. Americans have to go through these cable companies if they want access to the internet with any sort of reliable speed and connectivity. So why can't America just set up an internet monopoly and essentially take all of these servers under one direct roof that would be run by the United States government and the infrastructure to get the internet to people's houses just be considered a utility, like electricity, where you pay your water, electricity, and internet bill? Well... A couple of reasons. Number one, you're asking cable companies to give up a huge profit margin for doing basically a lot of nothing. You see, cable companies in this country form what's called an oligopoly, and what that basically means is you have a small cartel of companies that control all of the means of both supply and production of a particular item, in this case the internet. See, Time Warner, Comcast, AT&T, basically they stay out of each other's ways. Now, while they're not truly a monopoly, because technically they're different companies and they would have to directly compete against each other, they stay out of each other's way. Basically, if, let's say here in southwest Michigan, I wanted to get Time Warner Internet, I can't. My choices are AT&T or go fuck yourself. Now, you're probably thinking, isn't that the sort of thing that the FCC should look into and make sure that, you know, customers aren't getting screwed over by anti-consumerism practices? You would be right, except for one man, Tom Wheeler. Tom Wheeler is the head of the FCC. Now, in a previous life, he was the top lobbyist 
for the cable companies in Washington. In fact, he was so good at his job that President Obama decided to nominate him as the head of the FCC. Just basically, you know, because there's connective tissue there. Now, I don't know if anybody recalls this. It was kind of a small issue, and, you know, not a lot of people paid too much attention to this. The FCC, a couple of years ago, was trying to strike down net neutrality laws. And for those of you who need a very brief overview, net neutrality is the idea that all data on the Internet is created equal and must be given equal priority. What Tom Wheeler, at the head of the FCC, wanted to do was create, you know, the fast lane for normal data and the hyperspeed lane for, you know, premium data. Now, if that sounds like some serious corporate bullshit, it's because it is. The cable companies have been pushing for years for a way to try and charge companies more to use their services and basically get away with dicking over Americans in any way they possibly can to get their, you know, fix of the Internet. Now, luckily, that ban on net neutrality got struck down. It was so vehemently opposed that content producers and content consumers were actually on the same side of this issue. That almost never happens. So, overall, if we were to make internet infrastructure right now, what do I think that would look like? Well, it wouldn't look like the idyllic AEP that we have right now, and I understand the AEP has some problems, but here is probably what would happen. The FCC would be in charge of the internet, basically carte blanche. Now, they wouldn't set up a new company in order to run the internet in America. No, they would probably allow AT&T, Comcast, and the other cable companies to basically congeal into one non-competitive mass. Now, because the FCC would be regulating them, they wouldn't be able to, you know, do shady and shitty things like skimp on service or deny service or basically do all of the shitty things they're doing right now, except for the fact that the FCC is so corporate-friendly right now, I'm kind of amazed that Tom Wheeler isn't branded with some sort of trademark on his forehead. Not only that, but if the internet companies were allowed to congeal in this way and create a super shitty monopoly, we would not see any real improvement in performance, because there's no agency. They have absolutely no reason to upgrade any of the lines beyond what they are now, because if you think that they're not competing now, if they have the legal authority to not need to upgrade ever, they will not upgrade. You can complain until you are blue in the face to a monopoly, and they do not have to do shit to improve your experience, because, come on, where else are you going to go? Not to mention... If the internet is basically a state-provided service, kind of like the electricity grid in America, we would basically have state-run internet, which is a huge fucking problem because, well, for sake of example, just so I can illustrate this, let's say that Trump was allowed to dictate everything that you saw online. I promise you, all you would see are things of, Trump is great, Trump has the biggest penis I've ever seen. Holy shit, Trump is a god. Now, that may be a little bit ridiculous, I understand, but just scale that back about 40 to 50%, and that is actually what we could expect to see if the state decided to run our internet. So what, I hear you ask? Should we just leave the system as it is? I mean, the system is fucking horrible right now. And no, I don't think we should, but what I'm arguing is that we as a country and as a people are not in the right place right now to go ahead and make the internet into a utility. Anyways, I'm sure this is going to spark a lot of discussion and a lot of fuck Trump dialogue, which I am all in favor for. So I'm wishing both of you a good night. All right, I'll talk to you later. Thank you very much, Kyle. Um, so do you want to address his letter first, 
or do you want to address Trump? Well, it's first? kind of uh, in, uh, tied together, isn't it? I suppose. Although the idea of internet as a utility, while it's been floated around quite a bit, it would be difficult to pull off. Yeah. So one thing that he didn't mention, or if he did, since it's been like 24 hours and I don't remember, actually metering an internet connection is really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like, you know, oh, how much water's passed through this valve or how much electricity has made this dial go, you know, whatever way. Um, different, different types of, uh, uh, data monitoring can give you different results from, you know, the same connection. So mm-hmm. until there's a standard for that, which I don't think that would be difficult to pull off. Everyone would just have to agree, okay, this is the standard, <laughs> and it's probably you know, 99% accurate, and we'll go with that. So creating the standard, not that difficult, except for the getting the, the companies to play ball, but the government could force them to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, I ultimately, I like the idea of Internet as a utility. I mean, the, the Internet is essential at this point for almost everything. Yeah, Businesses, the problem, uh, the, uh, I do agree that... It, you start to hit into a problem where it, it needs to be completely cut off from politicians, and they're not going to get that in the U.S. government. Nope, definitely not. A matter of fact, well, the it, it, it's funny he brought the, uh, uh, the FCC up and how uh, the outgoing chairman was a kind of a douche because, oh, boy, we got a bigger one now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not as big a douche as uh, Donald Trump. No, but... Pretend President Trump. The tweeter-in-chief. The big (laughs) crybaby. I had a client tell me today, she was talking about, uh, like, the last few minutes of our session, we were chatting, and uh, politics came up. And she was like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm definitely a Republican, but Donald Trump is just a bitch. And I just busted out laughing. She was like, yeah, he's just such a whiny bitch. He complains. Like, he won the election. Why do you have to keep talking about illegal votes? If you won, why do you care? Yeah, let's put it this way. Wednesdays is when I uh, go to the clinic myself. Uh, But Mm -hmm. I'm a patient, not a a person practicing there. Yeah. At least for the next few weeks, then I should be done with it. Uh, And they have Fox News on in the waiting room. So Right. And... Between uh, waiting to go in and waiting for my ride to pick me up, I'm usually uh, able to be exposed to, to the better part of an hour of it. And I just heard them talk on and on and on about all the illegal votes. If there is millions upon millions of illegal votes, it wouldn't be covered up like this. Yeah. And also, it seems like... Uh, now, I... Uh, I was talking to Phil earlier, and he uh, said that, uh, be sure we're factual. <laughs> and he wasn't being ironic with the whole alternative facts, which we'll get to in a moment. But there's just so much bullshit going around that it's uh, it's hard to separate uh, Trump being a whiny bitch from uh, what is actually going on to what people think is going on. Yeah. Well, but, uh, uh, the whole... Uh, Voter fraud. What they are focusing on? Guess what? Democratic states. <laughs> yeah, which have the least amount of voter fraud because they have the most, uh, or the the least restrictive voter. Yeah. Or what What's the proper way to say it? They have the the best voting rights. The most. They have the most uh, open polls. Right. Right. That. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Good save. Thanks. 
So I find that fascinating. I suppose their logic is that illegals would be more likely to settle in democratic states, but that's not necessarily true. Tennessee, in particular, has got a very large Hispanic population, um, and I know for a fact that, I mean, I don't know an actual percentage, but I know for a fact that a, uh, a decent chunk of them are not here legally. Whoop, forgot to put my phone on silent. Oh, yeah, it's a good reminder. I should check my phone. Not on silent. Thanks, buddy. So you reminded me this time. Well, the thing is that uh, my app that I use when I'm, when I'm asleep, I have it set up also to automatically go into silent mode when we're usually recording. Right. So it's more I forgot that I had to turn it back on because it's automatic. Right. So are there any particular pieces of politics? I mean, well, uh, we have talked about politics that, uh, before. Uh, Trump is uh, trying to essentially kill all information coming out of government. Well, I mean, that's the first, I, that's genuinely the first step that dictators do is yeah. try to limit information. Yeah, honestly, at the rate he's going and uh, trying to uh, essentially say anyone that voted against him uh, has, is a potential illegal vote makes me really wonder if we're going to have a fair election in 2020. Don't know. We'll have to see what happens. I mean, with everything that's already happened and and not even being a week, the amount of protests and how much like really massive, powerful, you know, media news agencies are, are going after him for all of the crap he's doing and going after Congress. Like eventually even the, poli- the, the seemingly allegedly spineless politicians that just, you know, go for, are going to go for whatever his say, his say is their jobs are going to be threatened enough that they'll start turning against him. I don't have we has the United States actually ever had a president that was impeached? I know that Nixon was in the process, but he resigned. Well, Clinton was impeached. Well, but the impeachment process failed. Yeah, well, he got slapped on the wrist essentially. Uh, Jefferson, I believe he was impeached. Uh, let's see. Andrew Johnson and Bill Clinton were both uh, tried or have been impeached. Neither were convicted, so both finished their terms. So we've never had a president in our history that was uh, removed from office, forcibly removed from yeah, office. Yeah, no, no president has been forcibly removed and one resigned. Well, well no, yeah. no, I, I take that back. We have had uh, presidents forcibly removed, but they usually happen at the end of a bullet. That's true. Presidents have been forcibly removed. A bullet or disease. There have been a couple of yeah, presidents that have died of illness. But regardless, legally, like no president has ever been illegally pushed out of office. We might have our first. I don't know. I mean, things could settle down. Uh, this is very reactionary things that Trump yeah, was I'm, doing. I'm and while I don't. searching for uh, Thomas Jefferson because I, I thought he was impeached. According to Google. Only Andrew Johnson and Bill Clinton. Uh, President Thomas Jefferson, uh, alarmed at the seizure of power by the uh, There is an impeachment e- entry into his Wikipedia page. Uh, okay. no, no, uh, uh, Samuel Chase, uh, the associate, uh, associate uh, justice of the United States Supreme Court, uh, held an impeachment trial for Thomas Jefferson. 
So Google is wrong? Or... Yeah, I'm just trying to find uh, the proper entry here. Let's see. And enter elevator music here. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe Thomas Jefferson uh, allowed the impeachment of judges. And it's just uh, giving me a false positive on this. So, okay, so according to this article, there have been 35 attempts at impeaching presidents, but most of them, or almost all of them, have never made it to the actual trial part of the impeachment. Maybe I am thinking uh, Andrew Johnson, uh, and uh, came up Jefferson instead of Johnson. Yeah. Because uh, that's very likely, and then uh, Jefferson allowed the impeachment judges to be removed, and that's why I'm getting uh, you know, uh, all the hits on him. That's very possible. Right. So, anyways, I mean, everything that's happening, if if it continues to progress this way, I have no doubt in my mind that he will wind up either having forcibly, or, you know, resigning or being forcibly removed from office. Um, there are very few times in our history that the American people have not revolted is too strong of a word, but have, you know, protested things this hard yeah uh and there might not be a time before that the american people have protested this hard and i think i think that's because there are so many uh, things that have been attacked the, the, at the same time i would say probably the strongest uh uh we've seen a protest would be vietnam since here uh yeah uh, previously martin luther king maybe mm-hmm. um, well that's the same general era as well so that's true the same uh, time frame yeah, yeah, within uh, a few years. Yeah, so I mean, I and can't I realize just pick the civil one rights thing movement that... was uh, mainly in the fifties, uh, early sixties, and Vietnam was uh, throughout the sixties and uh, into the early seventies, if I recall correctly. Yeah, but a lot of it comes, but, but yeah, rolled a, into yeah, this massive this, protests. Yeah. Disclaimer: Neither of us are historians, nor. Or play one yeah. on TV. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, it's just, it just, every time I open up Reddit and, like, there's a new article on the front page and I'm like, well, time to head to, to world news and politics and, you know, political stuff is creeping its way free- more frequently into, um, into like our such technology and stuff. Yeah, but uh, to bring it back to the letter uh, and uh, talking about uh, the internet as a utility under the government control, that works so well for China. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Trump would love to build a great firewall. (laughs) So talking to the the two Chinese exchange students, uh, Mm -hmm. whenever they, you know, I've talked to them over the years, they're fascinated at how different the United States internet is to the Chinese internet. It took them years. <laughs> it took them years for me to convince them that no, the the the, Uni- the internet in the United States is the internet. The internet in China is what the Chinese government deems is okay to be the internet. And like they're incredibly restricted. 
Yeah, they don't have a lot of social media over there. Yeah. They don't have a lot of ways to communicate through the internet outside of the country as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, there was an article that I saw just uh, a day or two ago that uh, China is trying to clean up their internet uh, more so. And a lot of it is focused on closing up uh, ways people are getting past the Great Firewall. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens to China over the next couple of decades. Yeah. China was... I remember in history class in, in high school and in college, uh, my, my professors were, were saying, you know, watch China. China's going to be the superpower of the 21st century. Just wait and see. It's going to happen. And, I mean, they could. They absolutely could. I'm mm-hmm. not saying they can't. But they're starting to see some really serious problems uh, socially from all of the years of restricted communism and the fact that the Internet exists now and the Chinese people are prosperous enough to have access to it and enough of them find outside sources that the Chinese government doesn't control to affect their social, sort of their social paradigm. Plus, their economy is starting to have some really big problems. Um, they're an economy that's focused on being sort of the production center for the world. We have cheap labor. You know, we mm-hmm. don't have a large middle class. Uh, so we can, you know, pay our workers very little and your products can be cheap. But with growing trade sanctions, particularly from the U.S. and the United States allies yeah. uh, around the world, that has become harder. And China has a rapidly growing middle class. So, who knows, man? The uh, in over the next couple of decades, we'll have to see what China does, because I mean they've got nearly two billion people that they're going to have to do something with eventually. Mm-hmm. So, look at us being political and intelligent and discussing <laughs> discussing the facts. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Say no more. Say no more. Uh. You mean uh, actual facts, or yeah? Oh, I, 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 when I first heard that term, I thought it was somebody you know making fun of the administration, and I thought it was a joke. Yeah, yeah, the first yeah. time. And then I started digging, and I found the clip. Yeah, and, and I watched the clip, and I just sat there, dumbfounded. How the hell can people support these people? I don't know. I do not know. It's just mind-boggling. I mean, I can understand supporting some of the policies, but uh, these uh, alternative facts? Uh, uh, oh. There's, there's another name for alternative facts. Bullshit? Lies. Yeah, bullshit works too. Yeah, alternative facts to me is like alternative medicine. They call it that because it's not medicine. Right. <clears throat> oh, it's just, there's so much and uh well we're going to get the uh the US wall and it's going to be in printer wall. It's going uh, to be impassable it's going to be beautiful do you do do you have a feeling that trump is trying to i don't know compensate for something <laughs> his small hands <laughs> and other things Wink. 
Yeah, uh, did you um, did you know that Trump was a hand model? No. Yeah. Uh, well, you've seen Deadpool, right? <laughs> you know that uh, that that portion where he's talking about how it's about the size of a KFC spork. That was Trump. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't. Glad I got a laugh out of you for it. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I honestly don't know what to say or think or feel about all of this. Like, oh, oh. I mean, it's not good. I'm not trying to say, oh, it might be good. No, no, this no. Is it's all bad. It's just so overwhelmingly bad and stupid. It's so many different flavors of bullshit that it's uh, kind of coalesced into this tidal wave. And the thing is that, well, well uh, did I t- say it on the podcast? I know I talked about it in Discord before that he has made himself immune to. Scandal because he's had so many in the last two months. <laughs> in the last five days. Yeah. Well, well I was uh, going since you know he uh, he's been uh, elected. Well, uh, three months now, but still, uh, it's the uh, you know it's just another one on the pile. It's not that big a deal because uh, well he's uh, dealt with this one. It's uh, well, this isn't uh, even the worst one that we've heard about him. <laughs> um, did you see the that the uh, the United States has been downgraded from a full democracy to a flawed democracy now? No, I haven't. Yeah, we had. Uh, that's not a hundred percent on Trump. We had been teetering on the edge for a while. Uh, there is. Where are they? There's a group. Uh, like an independent group that does studies, like really large studies that they mm-hmm. release to the public that, you know, they grade governments basically on this scale. Um, and depending on where you score on the scale determines what kind of government you are. And it's, you know, like North Korea with being like an author- authoritarian dictatorship all the way up to uh, democracies. Um, it's sort of the best democracies in the world. And the United States dropped from a full democracy to a flawed democracy. Uh, and Trump was kind of the, the the straw that that broke the camel's back, so to speak, and getting us down there. Mm-hmm. But we had been in the low eights for a while, just because we had so much arguing in Congress and not a lot was getting done. Uh, the fact that uh, we've had a Supreme Court justice uh, opening for ages, just because Congress uh, wanted to have uh, the next president be able to put it in instead. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> nice job on that assholes yeah north korea is the lowest or the 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 least democratic government in the world go figure with a score of 1.08 so i'm not even sure how they got 1.08 but i guess they do well, well, something see, right well, no 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 see uh the the bottom score is a one <laughs> <laughs> um and then the uh, and, best- and the zero eight that's just uh uh no, it's the signal ratio <laughs> The uh, the best democratic country in the world, Norway. Hmm. Score of nine point nine three. So uh, I'm going to Norway, folks. If we have any listeners from Norway, I, I'd like to uh, stay in your house for a while until we can get our own place. Uh, other countries to consider moving to if you want to escape the Trump regime. Well, uh, definitely not it, France right now. Uh, France scored higher than us. Well, supposedly France has their uh, own version of Trump uh, in the in their elections going on. Granted, I uh, I will admit that I don't know much about foreign politics, 
Mostly because the local politics disgust me so much that I don't want to dive further in. <laughs> yeah. Um, I try to keep up with foreign politics as much as I can, but um, I don't know tons. I I'm usually do okay on UK politics, and every once in a while I'll brush up on Australian politics, but most of the rest of it, I'm just like very, very general ideas of their political climate. <laughs> um, I have uh, uh, r slash politics open in the background, which I know is uh, very left leaning, uh, especially now. <laughs> but yeah, uh, their uh, uh, Trump cabinet uh, nominee uh, Stephen Munchkin uh, uh, is also registered to vote in two states. <laughs> yeah, Steve Bannon is as well. Yeah, well, that's who the uh, yeah the also. Yeah. And they talk about voter fraud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, it, uh, There's a podcast I listened to. I think it was Radio Lab that did it. They were, uh, they have themed episodes. And one of them was, uh, you, uh, what you get isn't always what you want. And they had a, uh, they talked to this guy in, uh, uh, in Georgia looking for voter fraud. All right. A, a okay. government official. Uh, think about the most stereotypical southerner you can think of, okay? Now, okay, thinking of him. Okay, multiply him by 10. Okay, thinking of him. All right, and then multiply religion by, oh, I'll say about 100. Okay. All right, well, you know, the type that, uh, yeah, just uh, talking casually, he'll start talking about Jesus. Right. Yeah, one of them. Okay. He was uh, hunting down voter fraud, and he was looking at absentee ballots. And on the on the set of ballots, there was a handwriting that matched on this write-in ballot uh, for the writing candidate for um, one very low in, uh, job uh, in local government. Yeah, no one that really would matter. Well, right. he, he is like, aha, this is it, and I. I no, no, it wasn't Georgia. It was North Carolina because North Carolina's uh, governor was uh, his. Uh, the incumbent was within a, uh, like two or three thousand votes of uh, being ousted, and he was on the losing side of things. So, and he was looking for you know any votes that he could throw out to stay in. Right. Okay. I think it was North Carolina. I know it was this year, and it was. Uh, a, a governor that was in the South that was you know, barely beaten. Well, he, this uh, uh, official is like, aha, we found it. There's 500 uh, ballots here that all have very similar handwriting. This has got to be voter fraud. So he drums up a committee to go down and find out what's going on. Well, it turns out that there was a, uh, a pack there that was uh, uh, courting... Uh, 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 senior citizens trying to uh, essentially get uh, black people into government there because they're, uh, they felt underrepresented. And the uh, senior citizens were just signing off on the sample ballots that they were given that had uh, the platform that that PAC was uh, supporting and uh, turning it in for their ballot, which uh -huh. uh, is an illegal. Uh, the only thing that uh, that voting was that they were uh, really violating was the fact that they were supposed to uh, sign off that they had help uh, filling out their ballot 
but it uh, the judge threw that out saying that it there's no uh there's no question that the person actually voted it's uh it's just a matter of principle at that point trying to throw out a valid vote so so he wasn't going to throw it out right so they talked to the guy that that uh, won the election the uh, writing candidate lost because you know, writing candidates always lose Right? Right. Well, he has no idea what the hell is going on to begin with. <laughs> and then he starts talking. <laughs> and he reveals that he was paying people to vote for him. <laughs> <laughs> and this, well done. Well done. And this is yeah. uh, the Republican candidate for this uh uh, job. Well, he was unopposed, but he was running Republican. <laughs> Just yo, know, the irony of it, huh? And then they yeah. qu- and they and they quickly uh, dropped the uh, uh, the investigation because he wasn't being investigated. So it's like, oh, 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 oh gotta drop this. <laughs> oh, it's just one one of those things, and it's uh, what you find is it always what you want. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But uh, the moral of it is that it feels a lot like projection for this, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And I'm really hoping that my expectations for the next few years are grossly exaggerated. Uh, Let's put it this way. Uh, I'm... It's like whatever I'm looking at No Man's Sky when it was about to come out. And yes, I am going to uh, tie this all together. Uh, okay. You know, I was like, uh, there's not a lot of information here. Uh, my bullshit meter's off the uh, charts. Uh, but I want to be wrong. Well, right. it's the same thing here. My bullshit meter's off the charts. The first few days have uh, definitely not set a pace that I want. And I hope I'm wrong in my expectations, but... Deep down, I don't think I am. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really expecting anything good to come out of this anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw the like, uh, I saw the Alec Baldwin thing. Let's that, just yeah, put it this was... way: Saturday Night Live's writers just got a holiday because they could they could take a Trump press conference and run it verbatim, and it would seem like they wrote it. Yep. Not not a good thing. Not a good thing. Yeah, that's probably going to be the one uh, good thing is that comedy is going to get a real kick in the next few, uh, few years. Well, I mean, reality is going to be funnier than comedy, so well, also more tragic too. Yeah, yeah. There was uh, they were talking about the VA uh, being hit by the hiring freeze, and they desperately need to hire people. Yeah, and it's. The irony of it all, because the uh, uh, the radio on one of my times down, there was the uh, mayor of Charleston on uh, the radio talking about how the Trump presidency is going to be great for VA and that he's a veteran that uh, Trump is going to revolutionize the VA and take all the backlog out of it <laughs> oh, oh that. that actually that actually is negative 
directly negatively impacting me. Uh, I've said I'm looking for a job right now before. I was considering working for the VA. They've recently, in the last couple of years, opened up quite a few spots for counselors because the military is finally starting to realize, okay, we actually need to take care of these people's mental health after they, you know, kill people and almost get killed a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. And so in the last year, they've started opening up positions around the country um, as they were kind of rolling out, I guess, like a test plan for it. Um, And Tennessee was set to get several VA positions that I was going to apply for, but not anymore. Well, maybe it'll open back up. Uh, and let, let's talk about the EPA as well while we're here. <laughs> oh, the fact that okay. the fact that they're trying to well, it, well, the EPA I think is going to be the first uh, victim here because they're really trying to stop science from getting out. Yeah, they're putting a freeze on EPA studies, and they're going to be reviewed on a case by case basis now. And yep. the EPA can't directly. Uh, communicate with the public and that's actually a uh, starting to spread to other agencies that they can't communicate directly yep it's, that happened to the the national parks uh, yeah and there's as well there's several parks that are gone rogue and started tweeting random things <laughs> yeah treating like tweeting climate change facts and uh, uh, other ja- science uh, ja- facts japanese stuff. american internment uh, facts yeah yeah <laughs> Which I'm I'm happy to see them do that. I'm sad that those people will lose their jobs for doing the right thing. Because you just know that's going to happen. You know that they're going to be replaced uh, uh, by people who will toe the line. Yeah, I hope that whoever ha- uh, is doing that is uh, just someone that's a anonymous in the office. Yeah. And they can't track them down. <laughs> or at least it would be more difficult to track them down. Oh, it... If it feels like we're at the end of a democracy, really, with how things are going. Yeah, uh, let's just put it this way: the uh, the Amazon uh, top seller right now is 1984. <laughs> if you go on Twitter and search for um, what is it? If you search for racist, Donald Trump's Twitter is one of the top search results. Um, I think it's in the top for bigot as well. Oh, let's see. Uh, well, I'm, I looked at the. I'm looking at the uh, trending tags, and actually, there's nothing really interesting here for once. Oh, the, the messy see. truth. There you go. That, I'm not sure if this is a, a, a Trump, a pro-Trump, or no. It looks like it's anti-Trump. <laughs> nice. I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of social protests. Well, Greenpeace actually hung a giant resist banner from a crane yeah, over that. the White House. <laughs> now, granted, some well, a lot of what Greenpeace does, I don't really like because they go a little overboard. Uh, it's yeah. uh, it's it's the same problem I have with PETA. On the face of things, it's a noble concept. But then they lose all grasp of reality and start comparing people that eat meat to... Well, well, comparing meat to the Holocaust victims. Yeah. Or start stealing people's pets because 
uh, pets are slaves. So it's uh, the same problem I have with Greenpeace is that it's a good idea, but eh, the it's, it's the bad apples that spoil the bunch. The loonies in the bunch that spoil it. Yeah. Uh, a few people my, ruin it for everyone. Yeah, I, and I guess it's time to wrap things up, but I, I do want to have a closing thought is that my greatest fear, well, I have two fears. One is that 2020, we're not going to have a fair election, and that's just going to be stacked the deck, and it's going to be go further and further and further. My other fear, uh, and I think is probably a little bit more valid, because I think if they try to stack the deck and they make it too obvious, where you know Trump is guaranteed to win, and then you know whoever it becomes almost a, a kingdom, I think people will resist that. I, I would like to think that at least. My big fear is actually we start getting a uh, sort of a ping pong effect where uh, the Democrats, whoever they uh, put up to oppose Trump in 2020, is just so far to the left that it's just as bad. If that makes any yeah. sense. And, yeah, I get that. I'll, and, politics and, tends and to st- swing that way, though. Yeah, that, and th- that's what I meant, though, is that I think it's a more valid fear is that we're going to uh i I realize that there's uh, always been that swing between the two parties but it's going to get wider and wider and wider yeah honestly i think i think my my thoughts on or my sort of i guess prediction predictions on where this is going to go is that either the republicans or i don't want to i don't want to call them that anymore because this is not I mean, this is extreme even for the Republican Party. I guess the the far right uh, will stack the deck in such a way that they can hold on to power for uh, indefinitely, for a long time at the very least. Or we'll see massive backlash, a swing back to the left, which could, I mean, yeah, that could potentially be bad. I mean, that sounds really great to me right now. I'm yeah, but, liberal yeah, as but fuck. It's, but, yeah, but it's how far to the left. Yeah, it can be just as destructive too. Um, so, so, you, so you're in anyways, about the same mind as I am. Is that uh, yeah having uh, far uh, swings to the left and right, uh, a pendulum motion, as you will. However, uh, I think if we get the swing back to the left, enough time will pass that the swing back to the right won't be as far. Um, I mean, we're getting to a point where a lot of those far right leaning politicians are just gonna die. Like, not to be morbid, but they're all old dudes for the most part. And most of the ones that are ultra-conservative are the older guys. I mean, there's a few here and there, absolutely. But enough of them will just be gone that the swing just can't be as far back to the right. Plus, a lot of the people in the country who feel that way, not all of them, but most of them tend to be older and less educated. And Mm -hmm. as uh, the education rate in the United States continues to rise even amongst uh, skyrocketing uh, college costs and things like that. Um, you get less and less poor, uneducated people. And the older folks that also fall into that category are going to die off, which is going to carve a portion of it out anyways. So even the, the swing back to the left, uh, when it does come back to the right, I don't think it'll be as far long term. Well, also, uh, well, as long as the Internet remains open, which... 
that's uh, going to be questionable in the next couple of years, which uh, yeah, with how the FCC is looking. Uh, or maybe the next few days, depending on yeah. how many executive orders well, Trump continues to sign. Yeah, I mean, hey, he's uh, sounding like a breakneck speaker, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I don't think people realize just how many executive orders presidents sign, anyways. Yeah, but but this one this is uh, this is pretty pretty heavy. How quickly he's going about them. Yeah, Not only uh, that, but yeah, how Obama signed, uh, I think eighty some in his uh, term. Uh, actually, let me. Uh, I saw a list of Obama had the fewest per year uh, for uh, over a century uh, in uh, presidents. Yeah, he did not do all that many. I don't think. Okay, number of presidential executive orders. So according to this article, Barack Obama in eight years signed 276 executive okay, orders. Okay, so I probably did by term, uh, or yeah, by uh, a term that he did instead of his uh, complete uh, thing. Which is on par with George Bush. Um, pretty close, a, a little bit. Bill Clinton had a few more. Uh, George Bush Sr. did not have very many. Reagan had a decent amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, Truman has had the most. He had almost a thousand executive orders in his, uh, eight years of president. Uh, <coughs> excuse um, me, president. Roosevelt. Oh, just Ro- Roosevelt's not on this list, so. Roosevelt has 3,522. Which Roosevelt? Franklin. Okay. That makes sense, though, because of World War II. Plus, yeah, he had four terms. three terms as president. Well, well, he was on his fourth term, so. Yeah, yeah, but because still, of World War II, so. Yeah, but still, he has uh, more than, I would say, the next th- uh, three below him. Because I'm just glancing at this. I could be wrong. Uh, let's see. Oh, no. I just had the call drop. Jared, don't you do this to me. Uh, uh, quick uh, interruption there as Jared Skype scares the ever-loving hell out of me. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, but I'm just, let's just look at this. Uh, uh, Coolidge has a uh, little over 1,200. Uh, Woodrow Wilson has a little over 1,800. And Theodore Roosevelt has over a, a little over 1,000. Just, well, th- uh, Roosevelt, uh, Theodore Roosevelt actually just shy of 1,100. So, But just to put that into perspective, Trump has twelve. So far. Yeah. Let's see. Obama's average per day, and I'm rounding up a little bit, mm-hmm. was well, well, his, uh, a tenth of an executive order a day. Yeah, well, well, so well, Donald well, Trump well, here, well, is already... Well, here it is. Let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. Barack Obama had uh, 34.6 per year. Yep. Trump is at 12. <laughs> yep. In five days. I mean, some yeah. of that, hopefully, fingers crossed, will slow down once he gets his bullying out of the way, but there's no guarantee of that. Also, most yeah, presidents and, uh, tend uh, well, to sign more executive orders towards the end of their presidency as they're starting, you know, as they're running out of out of power. Well, because when they become the lame duck and they don't have to give a shit anymore. Right, and they can just be like, fuck this. Oh, I just had... Oh, oh no. What? I, I, I have a bad thought, and I think I have to share this. Okay. 
Can you imagine Trump when he doesn't have to pretend that he gives a shit? Is he pretending he gives a shit now? Well, he is pandering to his uh, 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 voters. That's a scary thought, isn't it? Honestly, no, because... Okay, okay, let, let me put it this way. Trump, when he has absolutely nothing to lose, he doesn't have to uh, even consider his approval rating anymore. Is he doing that now? Which, <laughs> well, he's, I think he is because he's so fixated on the fact that he lost the popular vote. <laughs> I guess. I mean, he's a super narcissistic person. The fact that he, you know, didn't set record-breaking numbers for Inauguration Day and the fact that he didn't re- win the popular vote. <laughs> didn't set record-breaking numbers. I think he did set a record for biggest disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, well, you've seen the pictures. You know, they have all these uh, uh, these tarps set out and, like, one is completely filled and then the uh, other three or four are just have a little bit of people on And all them. the empty bleachers. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be interesting times. Interesting times indeed. But if you ever need uh, proof that we're in the bad future, well, now we have uh, three things. Hoverboards, which have wheels. The Chicago Cubs won the World Series. Granted, they were a year behind, but eh. close enough. And we have and we have Biff Tannen in the White House. Yeah, I watched uh, over the weekend. I watched Zoolander. It's been a long time since I've seen Zoolander. I forgot Trump had a cameo in that movie, and it like both Katie and I were like, "Oh God, this movie is ruined." <laughs> It'll be a long time before I watch Zoolander again. Let's just say that. I don't think I've ever watched Zoolander. It's fucking weird, which I love it, but, you know. Well, you would. Zoolander 2, less weird. Maybe more palatable to a first-time viewer, although it does rely quite heavily on the first Zoolander for most of its plot mm-hmm. and uh, callbacks. But it's got some amazing cameos in it. Neil deGrasse Tyson is in it. He's like, I, I forget exactly what his line is, but it's something like, well, of course, I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, bitch. It's amazing. Okay, let's let's move from this. I'm getting sad. Even my 80s yeah, pop music worry. is not able to cancel out the sadness. Yeah, don't worry. We'll, we'll be back to this later. I'm sure we will. Uh, so, question and, of the week uh, time? Yeah, and sorry for anyone that had to skip ahead to this point. <laughs> yeah. Okay, question of the week. Uh, I was asking about the Nintendo Switch. Uh, has your opinion on the Nintendo Switch changed, and what, if anything, changed your mind? Let's see, Camus. Nintendo gone to Nintendo. Interesting tech strangled by gimmicks such as gesture sensor overpriced uh, with no launch titles, 30 FPS. Which I did point out that... Uh, uh, I'm being fair to Nintendo. Here's the thing. I'm brutal. I'll absolutely rip Nintendo apart, but I will be fair to them, is that they do often target 60 FPS for a lot of their stuff outside of Zelda for some reason. Zelda is the one that they uh, sacrifice frame rate to try to make it pretty. Yeah. But uh, Chemistry responded, 
Yeah, we spoke about it a half a year ago. There's uh, no expectation of fidelity, so they could focus on performance. The specs paradox. Let's see. Uh, Jim said, um, no. <laughs> Very to the point, Jim. And let's see. Groove uh, said that. Uh, in response to Jim. Granted, Groove can't really uh, say that much because he's trapped in a crate right now. Yeah. We're, we're sending him on a covert mission to uh, uh, to Washington, D.C. He's circumventing the wall. <laughs> well, airplanes would be the way to do it. Um, unless you want to <laughs> build a wall that's like, I don't know, six or seven miles high. Yeah, and that's really all we had. Unless I'm... Oh, oh wait, Kyle said, uh, still not going to buy one. So, yeah, that was all the responses to the question of the week we had. I wasn't expecting a lot and wasn't expecting a lot of change in opinions, but, you know, I wanted to throw it out there. Yeah. You know, giving benefit of the doubt. Then let's see, moving right along to tweets, Kyle, Mels, and Ghost Shark seem to be forming a Rocket League team. Uh, Kyle, we should uh, get a, a, a Rocket League team together. Ghost Shark, I'm down. Uh, we need uh, to get into it more. Uh, too much of a scrub whenever I play. Kyle, we need a team name, though. I vote that one team. <laughs> T1T. Tit. <laughs> Which I brought up. What was what was Scrub Squad taken? <laughs> That's nice. Kyle, no, but I don't want to have to keep doing the crash voice in every match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were going to play Rocket League tonight. That was my plan. And then things happen. Yeah, and well, they they still played Rocket League some. I uh, don't want to get too far into it just to because I wasn't sure when you're going to come out of Factorio. Yeah. So I was more just driving around randomly. Which, to be fair, is about what I do in Rocket League anyway. Well, that and murder. You're people. getting pretty good. I mean, everybody's skill level has <laughs> been improving. Um. You know, noticeably improving, not just like, oh, enough that it's Yeah, but random. you've seen me hit a couple of aerials. Yeah, yeah, you've hit some aerials. You're getting really good at murdering people, which that is a very <laughs> valid skill and useful strategy in the game. Like, people, a lot of times people don't expect to be killed, and it's like, oh, crap. Well. Yeah, especially if I murder the goalie right as you guys are taking a shot. Yeah. And my, uh, uh, and, and even better is whenever I get the goalie paranoid so that they're uh, constantly moving. Which causes them to make mistakes, to you know? Yeah, And I mean, I've gotten noticeably better at aerials. I've got somewhere between a, oh, I'll randomly get this one to probably a, a 50% success ratio on my aerials. Too calculated. Yeah. I'm getting a lot better well, at just like, okay, here's what I need to do to hit the ball to make it go where I want it to go. Well, my uh, skill increase can be directly correlated to what Ghost Shark gave me. He gave me a skin. <laughs> nice. Uh, and, and some wheels. I gave him a couple of crates for him to use his last few keys on. He got a couple of things that uh, he didn't really want, and that uh, was for the car that I use. Yeah. Then let's... Oh, oh go, Getting back to tweets, though. Chemist uh, sent me a uh, photo of food saying, Green uh, peas, dried tomatoes, and ham frittata baked in a muffin form. Mouth-watering rage. Which, looking at it, glancing at it before reading what it was... It didn't look all that appetizing. <laughs> it just uh, looked, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to 
put it without just saying vomit, but, you know, just uh, random bits of color uh, in muffin form. It's like, what the hell is that? I want to see this picture. I didn't see it. Uh, Well, it's in our favorites. It should be up at the top. uh, And you have access to the Twitter. Yep. Let me open up TweetDeck. Carry on while I go to look at this. Well, I thought you wanted to be uh, maybe to be orderly. <laughs> I mean, you can. Uh, chemist did ask: uh, Is Game Club the last recording or release in the month? I understood the former, so recorded uh, for uh, January thirty first uh, to be released on uh, February third, and I did clear that up. The next Game Club recordings, barring any interruption, are as follows: January thirty first, February twenty eighth. March 28th, April 25th, and May 30th. Those are the next five. And they'll be released the following Friday. All right. And let's see, wrapping things up, Kim says, Necrodancer expansion is out, and I need to study for my finals and won't get to play it for a couple more days. Sad face. Yeah, sad day, man. Yeah, and if you wish to send us a voicemail or actually text letters, it would be quite the boon <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When was the last time we had a text? It's been month, weeks at least, maybe months. Months, definitely months. Uh, but we do love hearing from people, uh, voice uh, or text. Uh, you can send those to vglpodcast at gmail.com or tweet us at vglpodcast on Twitter if you wish to get into the segment. So those muffins look gross. They they do look okay, like... Okay, so it wasn't just No, me. they look like puke. Okay, it wasn't just me. Granted, uh, after reading the ingredients, it, it sounded good. It sounds good, but you know, just looking at it and having no idea what the hell it is. And I want to say that I saw this pretty much within 15 minutes of me waking up. Yeah, that would make it worse. I mean, it does sound good, but it looks terrible. Uh, also, about Game Club, I will be so happy to get through FTL. Like... I'm just not that's not like I don't like dislike FTL or anything I actually like it and you know we'll talk about that more next week but it's mm-hmm. just like I feel like and it's just because January is a long month I just feel like that it has been so long since we've got to play a different game for Game Club well to be fair I haven't done that much on FTL but I already had my opinions on FTL before we even started it yeah and honestly, what I played of it has just reinforced my opinions of it. So, I think it's going to be a short game club discussion, though. Maybe we'll because see. it's going to be more mechanic based. It is. It's a very mechanic based game. Yeah, which uh, bring up the game club once again. The voting is still very close for uh, for uh, for February. I, I'm excited. It, I like that it's this close. I haven't went it's, to look uh, at it in a few days. Well, well, I, well, I haven't looked at it today, but. Uh, let's see, straw poll. Just to make sure that it hasn't changed on me. The results. Uh, it is a two vote separation between If My Heart Had Wings and Life is Strange. With, uh, Kadawa Socho, uh, trailing at, uh, four votes behind, uh, If My Heart Had Wings. So it is still within striking distance. Let's go. 
And you have, well, uh, as of uh, this, less than a week to vote. It's actually a few days. Yep. Let's get those votes in. Because polls, yeah, polls close when we record the Game Club uh, episode. Let's get in all of the the fraudulent (laughs) votes. Let's get those in. (laughs) Kyle, time to stuff the ballot. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, like I said, I've said before, I still really hope if my heart had wings is the one that wins. But ultimately, I'm looking forward to all three of these games. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and like I've said before, uh, Kadawa Sojo is definitely the yeah, the bottom of the list for me. But it's also the only one that I played. Yeah, the other two I do want to play, but that all. But well, if my heart had wings, uh, requires a bigger time commitment. Yeah, it, that will be. Uh, uh, we'll need the whole month to get through it. It does kind of suck that February is a short month for dealing with. If my heart had wings, well, well, we just get one less week than we did in January. Yeah, because uh, as it turns out, we get <laughs> we're recording on the twenty eighth for <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. We might might be able to cheat if the particularly if the gap widens. Wow, we might be able to look at it a day yeah, or two I'm, ahead of time and be like, okay. Yeah, I'm uh, st- yeah, I'm starting to prep for it. I'm uh I'm going to get the content restoration patch up and running this weekend. Yeah, I was going to do that too. The votes haven't moved, and that doesn't mean that nobody else could come vote, but the votes haven't moved in a few yeah. days, so we might this might be uh how it goes. Yeah, but uh, uh Life is Strange was winning in the early game. It was. It was. And then the voter fraud happens. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to postpone the game club as we investigate all the votes. <laughs> Take a look at all the voter fraud. <laughs> and it turns out it was all, uh, uh, there was one person just repeatedly voting for Kata Sojo and they got bored. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. Are we ready to move on to uh, our recommendations or was there more? Yeah, uh, I think that's it. So let's move on to recommendations. Okie dokie. Um, we each kind of cheated a little bit. I mean, we have two things, but <laughs> I picked a bundle on Steam and you picked a bundle outside of Steam. So, or no, wait, no, you've got the Humble Monthly. Is that a bundle? Yes. Okay, so yeah, we each have a bundle. So you go first. We'll alternate. And wait to spoil it. Uh, we'll, we'll go directly to the Humble Monthly. Since then, I mentioned since, it. Yeah, uh, the... Uh, the Mumble, uh, the Humble Monthly Bundle is actually a subscription service that, but you're able to buy it singularly. And the, and one of the games is always revealed at, uh, at the very beginning and you're able to get it right away. And then the rest of the, uh, well, think of it as essentially a loot box and the rest of the, uh, of the contents is, uh, given to you when it, uh, releases. And it's actually going to release next week, I believe it releases, uh, at the first of the month. So. Uh, but the first game in the list for it is XCOM 2, and it's actually a historic low price, if, I, if I'm correct. It's $12, and XCOM 2 has a lot of uh, things going for it. It's essentially a, a much improved version of uh, XCOM Enemy Unknown and then Enemy Within. Yeah. And they just released The Long War 2. Yeah, which I'm going to be looking forward to playing whenever I get around to actually buying XCOM. I'm tempted to buy it now. But I know it'll be yeah. cheaper, or at least the same price on the next Steam sale, and then I can just use my wallet funds. 
yeah, the, the thing that's really holding me back from this is, uh, this is just the base game and doesn't have any of the DLC as far as I could tell. Yeah. That's not saying that the crate can't have the DLC in it, but it's most likely going to be other things. So, and honestly, uh, looking at uh, the past crates, I'm not as inclined to get them because I tend to have uh, uh, the meat of them a lot of times. Yeah. The, the humble monthly uh, thing is, it's great for people that don't have huge libraries. Uh, it'll allow you to uh, diversify your library and maybe try something that you wouldn't otherwise try. But if you have a decent sized library, especially uh, a lot of indie games, it's not nearly as a good deal for you because they'll start hitting things that you already have. Yep. Particularly if you get uh, the uh, like the indie game flavor of the month. Like if you got Stardew Valley, I think Stardew Valley was in uh, Humble Monthly at some point or... Uh, or it's a good candidate for it. It's something like that. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, XCOM 2 is... If you're a fan of the XCOM series, it's definitely uh, worthwhile. Yeah. And like I said, it's 12 bucks. It's uh, There's no really discount there. That's, you know... Well, there, I could calculate the discount, but nah. I'm, I'm lazy. Yes, that is the way to be. Okie dokie. Well, my first one, I'll uh, do my bundle first. The Command & Conquer pack, which is... uh, It's Command & Conquer Red Alert 3, Red Alert 3 Uprising, Command & Conquer 3 Tiberium Wars, the expansion for it, Kane's Wrath, and Command & Conquer 4 Tiberium Twilight. Uh, They're all on sale except for, for some reason, Uprising. It's not on sale, but it's included in the bundle if you buy the whole bundle. <laughs> um, which Uprising was a, kind of a small expansion to Red Alert 3, which added some smaller story campaigns to it. And maybe some other things, too. I'm not remembering all of it. But um, the, the games are also individually on sale. So if you don't want the whole bundle, you just want maybe a favorite one or the most recent one, uh, you can just pick those up. I mean, the, the Command and Conquer series is one of the quintessential RP, or not RPG, God, RTS series <laughs> in existence. Um, and it, it's the first RTS I ever played was Command and Conquer 2. So, uh, I, th- I've played every game on this list except for Command and Conquer 4. And I'm very tempted to buy Command and Conquer 4. I'm also pretty tempted to buy Command and Conquer Red Alert 3 because I never finished all of it. I beat the, Russian campaign and the American campaign, but I never beat the Japanese campaign. So I'm tempted to buy it too for five bucks. But I just, I love the silliness of the Command and Conquer series with all of their, uh, wacky, uh, live action, badly acted but on purpose uh, cutscenes. Uh, cheesy, uh, full motion video. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, which, uh, that, uh, started to come back with a couple of Kickstarter games, but it's never really, uh, made a full resurgence. Granted, it takes a hell of a lot of, uh, drive space to be able to do it. Yeah. And that was the thing is that when it was, uh, in vogue, it was all some very small resolution. It was, uh, not even, you know, full screen for the day. It was, you know, usually a small window. So it would be very uh, small file sizes. Yeah. But, uh, and that's also really dates the games because going back to them now, 
assuming that you can even get them to run. It, yeah, there's just artifacting all over the place because it's blowing those uh, rather low bit rate videos up to try to fit the uh, extra screen real estate, assuming that you're not running in a, a very small window. Because modern uh, resolutions running, you know, older games, it uh, turns them into post-it stamps a lot of times. Yeah. I will <laughs> warn you, if you haven't played you, being you, Rage, or the listeners, if you haven't played the more modern Command & Conquer games, um, they were consoleized a bit, uh, especially Tiberium Wars and Kane's Wrath. Uh, and, I mean, playing it, they, they're probably some of the only real-time strategy games I've ever played on a console that actually are functionable. Um, I've never played those two, those on PC, so I don't know if it, how much it hurts the PC gameplay. I don't know how well they re-optimized or if they did it all optimized for keyboard and mouse. So consider mm-hmm. that going into it. But Red Alert 3 received a proper PC release, if I remember correctly, right off the bat. So it should be, it should be fine. Uh, looks like Command Conquer 4, though, has got huge negative, uh, user reviews, which is interesting. That, that doesn't, it does not. It's mostly negative. Let's see, I'm looking at this in my, in Chrome. So let's scroll down here for the, the breakdown. Uh, is it all performance based or uh, game bla- uh, game based? Oh, it's got twenty percent positive. Yeah. Um, hang on, hang on. We need to get the meter out to uh, assess just how bad this is. And you know exactly where I'm heading. They're all. <laughs> it looks like the most common thing is that um, they changed Let's a lot see. of the core gameplay mechanics. And everybody hates that. Well, let's see. I got the pressure stick out. No Man's Sky is at 31%. So this is is reviewed worse than, than No Man's Sky. Yeah. That says something. So maybe stay away from that one. <laughs> Check out some YouTube videos first before can, you can, buy can it. Can you blame me for breaking out the measure stick? No. Well, oh, our measuring stick. <laughs> Uh, even recent reviews are still mixed on No Man's Sky. It's oh, uh, yes, uh, Kyle. We're, we have the glue bottle and we're just hitting it. <laughs> Give us some more glue, damn it! Okay, okay. Thwack, thwack. Good old glue stick. All right. Well, what's your next one? Well, my next one is a game that I haven't actually played, but it's special to me for a different reason. It's Singularity, which is actually a, well, it looks like a really good, uh, a story based FPS single player. Yeah. But the reason why it's kind of special to me is that it was, uh, the, well, a, a game series that a friend of mine did that inspired me to start my YouTube ser- uh, channel. Okay. So a, a bit of history for me. No. But, uh, uh, Singularity is about going into a Russian facility and there's time travel and uh, jumping around and uh, fixing things with uh, this uh, time dilation device that allows you to essentially rewind time for objects. It's a, a very interesting uh, FPS. And that's not exactly spoiling things because you get it fairly early in the game, if I recall correctly. I think I played this game. 
Labor of 2010. Did it have an Xbox release? I feel like I played this game on console. I have no idea. I could be confusing it with another game. Let me do a quick Google search. Yeah, the thing is, Singularity is a really generic title. Yeah. Um, it was on Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. Then, yeah, I played this game on, on 360. Pretty positive. Cool. So a little bit of history and uh, a fairly uh, good game. There's, uh, It's uh, highly rated and it's just one of those games that I never uh, picked up myself because I've seen it all. Right. And I didn't feel the need to play it. And it does have multiple endings as well. But it's... Uh, well, I'll spoil it that much. The multiple endings you're able to choose right at the very end. So it's the, well, uh, the modern uh, example of it is Deus Ex, where you're, you know, you're able to just save right before you make the choice and see all the endings. Right. It's the same basic idea. But uh, Singularity is one to check out. It is uh, normally twenty nine ninety nine, which is a bit expensive for such an old game now. But at 75% off, bring it down to $7.49. Nice. All right. Well, my other game is A Wild Cat Girl Appears. Oh, boy. Here we go. Do you want a visual novel that has some dating sim elements featuring cat girls? Well, look no farther. Well, you had me me for the first part of that sentence. You know, it's, it's honestly just kind of your standard run-of-the-mill visual novel with some dating sim elements and then you know the thing for this one is it's these you know they're cat girls they've got cat-like ears and bushy big bushy cat hair and tails and big boobs so that's what you want go get you a wild cat girl it is um, that that, that's weird now granted i haven't exactly looked at the cats in the area but i haven't noticed any cats with massive tits around here you're just not looking hard enough uh, it's normally incredibly cheap at three bucks, and it's fifty percent off, making it even cheaper at a dollar fifty. So, why not, right? Why not? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I have a review copy of yeah, this. Yeah, it says that you <laughs> own this game. Yeah, which that is definitely a review copy. Yep. Alrighty then. Well, those. Yeah, let's just put it this way: uh, the art style is. Uh, it looks very amateurish. Yeah. Kind of gives it a little bit of a charm to me, but I can understand if you didn't like it. Oh, that was a yawn. Why am I boring you? <laughs> I'm, t- I'm tired, dude. Are you not entertained? We'll probably wind up wrapping up in the next 15-ish minutes or so, so around 1 o'clock, and I'm going to go straight from here to Under the Covers. It's going to be great. Uh, So those are our Steam Weekly deal recommendations. Uh, Allow us to move on to where we're going to talk about our stuff. And I'm the one who talks about their stuff first. So Yeah, so you can go to sleep earlier. So stuff. (laughs) Uh, What have I got? I scheduled a bunch of random videos. A mix of stuff from the backlog. Our recent Rocket League videos. Divinity. Yeah, I've seen a lot of Divinity uh, pop up lately. I I saw uh, like two or three Divinities. Like, 
Oh crap! Is he releasing the episodes early? Then I realized how, how far, far behind back they I am. Were. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's just a lot of that. Um, I'm starting a new long-term project that it, it's going to be a couple of three months before it's ready. But after the discussions I've had with a couple of people who um, have told me things like, you know, you inspire me to do this or that, and I'd love to hear more of your story and you help me, you know, realize this about myself. And I'd love to, to know more. And like, I talk to these people, but I get lots of little Strong. requests. Yeah. My kid, I, I talk with my hands a lot. Uh, oh, you're Italian. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so, you know, I receive lots of requests all the time to talk about things. So what I'm going to do, and I don't have a proper name for this yet. Um, kind of my first thought was all about me, but that's not exactly what I want to, cause that sounds really like kind of self-absorbed and that's not what I'm going for with it, but. Yeah. And you're not the president. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Um, but anyway, so it, it's going to be a couple of months before I even really get a lot of stuff worked out and recorded and start working on it. And I want to do some actual video, uh, some real talk with yeah. Jared, real talk with Jared. That's all right. I'll consider that, <laughs> but, but, um, you've got a month or two listeners. If you want to send me any questions, uh, anything in specific that you'd like me to talk about or address, uh, I've got a wide range of topics picked out already. And I'll, I, I should post a list of those. I'll make sure that I've got a list to go up alongside the podcast, uh, on Friday so that if you want to go check the list, uh, before you submit a question or a topic for discussion, you can do so. But I mean, I'm going to talk about a lot of things like, um, it, a, a, a general history of myself, um, my personal beliefs on. Uh, okay. I have a question. Uh, is Trump an Oompa Loompa? Is he a mutant, uh, Cheeto? Uh, can, can you answer this, please? Yes. The answer to that is yes. Um, but. And is an Oompa Loompa uh, eligible to be a U.S. citizen so he can be a president? He is now. Um, but anyway, so, you know, I'll have a list up so you can go check. Um, but some of the things that I'm going to cover, kind of a general history of myself. A lot of people ask me about, you know, where I came from or what it was like doing, you know, being a teenager or a kid, having talked about some of the things I've talked about on the show. I'm going to talk about religion, politics, maybe philosophy that's starting to get out of my study depth and more into hobby level for me, like just an interest I have. Um, talk about sexuality. Uh, I'm going to answer a bunch of questions that people send in. So it's going to be a while before I get that put together and everyone will have ample time to send in questions. And I mean, if I get enough questions, I might make some shorter, smaller, less focused videos, kind of more Q&A type things. Uh, and, and we'll just see how the project evolves. But I'm really looking forward to doing it and really looking forward to hopefully helping people out even more because you guys have no idea how good it makes me feel whenever you're like, dude, that thing that you said or the way that you just like talk about stuff and, and don't care and are just like open and honest, like that really like helps me be a better person. Like that makes me feel wonderful and I want to continue to do that for you guys. So... I'm going to put together some stuff and, and then it'll be freely accessible at any time. And I'll continue to add to it. If, like I said, if I continue to receive enough questions or discussion topics, but that's a far off project. Um, I'm hoping to have it up and kind of put it all up in sequence, uh, in the March 
first of April. So a couple months away. But I'm looking forward to it. Uh, if you want to find me, find all of my content, the stuff that I, that I have now and the stuff that's coming in the future, you can do so on YouTube by searching for Game of Psychologist. I uh, received a few new subs here here recently. Thanks for subscribing. <coughs> Excuse me. And I'm choking. <coughs> oh, I have to edit that out. Maybe, if I feel like it. <laughs> um, if you want to... Yeah, you have a lot of editing to do on this episode. Yep, a multi-parter with weird audio track issues from calls dropping and all sorts of stuff. It'll be fine. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, where you can see me tweet about all, so- about blah, 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 about all sorts of things. Um, a lot of political retweets here lately, but my actual personal tweets are not too political most of the time. Uh, most of the time. You can do so on Twitter at JMA4707. If you want to watch me stream games on Twitch, you can do so over at twitch.tv slash jr4707. Uh, try to stream two nights a week. And if you want to be my friend on Steam, to come chat with me, ask me questions, watch me play games, or maybe play games with me, you can do so at Twitch, or not Twitch, uh, <laughs> I told you, man, I'm tired, uh, jarthur 470 sat <laughs> I'm gonna leave this because it's funny, also I don't want to edit it, jarthur 4707 add me on Steam, I'll be your friend, I promise. I can hold a better conversation than this most of the time. And if you wish to let him know exactly what episode you're coming from when you add him, the password for this week is hogwash. <laughs> that's a hogwash. That's one of your good ones. Nice. All right. What about you, Rach? Like I said, I I have the best words. Tremendous words. <laughs> Huge list. Uh, well, I'm in a, a really a holding pattern with everything. All my series are, uh, going pretty nicely. Did get one asshole that, uh, basically, uh, well, uh, he, here's the thing. All right. I always ask uh, for feedback and, uh, usually I'm able to, uh, just ignore all the spammers and the assholes, but it's when the asshole has a point. <laughs> it's tough, you know? Yeah. And he pointed out that I wasn't really trying to slow down people in RimWorld, but at the same time, uh, well, he was right and wrong in that, okay, I wasn't trying to slow down people, but there was a reason for it. He was uh, getting on to me for not using the deadfall traps. When, one, I don't like doing the really, really cheesy tactics that uh, a lot of uh, players uh, use, because honestly, it doesn't, it, I try to play a little bit more realistic. You know, you're not going to have a series of doors and have a, a maze of deadfall traps and a realistic settlement like that. Right. Uh, I think that's fair. Right? Yeah, I agree. And honestly, well, well, here's the thing. That would work once. And the way the mechanic works in the actual game is that uh, the deadfall traps are uh, invisible to invaders. But once they set them off, if someone escapes... That knowledge of where the traps are goes with them. So that's how it's supposed to play out. Right. So what I'll do is, uh, I'm, uh, well, I've uh, built some of the traps, 
But the thing is that they're they're doing exactly what I was expecting them to do, and that's not much because of how I'm running my mods. One thing I'm running is called a mod called Combat Realism, and along among other things, it makes it where armor is more important, and also the type of damage you take is more important. A gun that shoots a, a larger caliber caliber ammo, for example, uh, will do have a lot more punch through. So, uh, dead vault traps don't have a lot of oomph behind them. Right. So, uh, they'll do some damage, but not nearly as much as they do in the base game. And that's why I was kind of resistant to even putting them down. Granted, he did, uh, uh, make me, uh, rethink, or putting down barbed wire, which is a really cheap defensive uh, item that uh, has such a high slow on it that you could use it to corral people into a, a path or to, uh, you know, funnel people down. And that's what I'm doing with it. Okay. So uh, I, I have uh, redone my defensive strategy and I'm, and I was just getting to the point where I was building up my uh, gun turret system, which the new version of uh, combat realism makes it more accessible. Granted, they're still expensive as fuck, so you can't have, like, in the base game where, you know, you can have 20 guns. Each gun it costs, I think, as much as three guns component-wise. Uh, not full materials, just the components, which is a, uh, one of their uh, building blocks. And it makes it so that they're more valuable, you know? Yeah. Per gun. And it makes it so that you want to go out there and fight alongside them and not just have, you know the massive uh, block of uh, uh, turrets to take care of everything. Also, they made it so they don't explode. Learned that the hard way. <laughs> because I was expecting this uh, gun turret to explode and uh, kill the guy that was kill- uh, that was melee at. It didn't explode, it just broke. <laughs> <laughs> was not expecting that to happen. Really, I'm not sure if they can explode or if, you know, if it's just melee damage prevents it from exploding or what. But it was interesting. Anyway, uh, RimWorld is still ongoing. And if you was to join the faction, which my faction name, at least for this run, I may change it if I get a, a feedback on a good one. But my faction name is the Victims of Circumstance. What? Uh, no comment on that? The what if circumstance? The Victims of Circumstance. Oh. <laughs> Uh, here I was th- uh, expecting a laugh or at least a chuckle. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm, uh, now I really have to change it if it doesn't uh, appeal to you. Yeah. I'm going to have to make it something uh, very offensive, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that is always a, a a viable strategy. Just make it offensive. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, anyway. Um uh, Valiant Hearts is uh, going along nicely. Um, I think I'm about halfway through the game now. Uh, two, uh, one third to halfway through. Yeah. And starting to already, uh, hit the heavy stuff of the story. Don't want to spoil it just yet because, yeah, I'll leave that for when I finish the game. But yeah, I just had the first, uh, really heavy, uh, story bit. It was uh, really out of nowhere as well that, I think that's what the most of the story is going to be, just, you know, that catch you completely off guard, which I don't mind, really. 
And, of course, we have a Divinity Original Sin back after a week off of uh, just doing Rocket League because, well, stif- uh, stuff happened, yep. right? Reasons. And I d- Real life yeah, reasons. And I do have, yeah, and I have a week and a half of Rocket League left, a backlog to uh, fill in if need be. I did some with uh, Kyle Mills and Ghost Shark, I think it was the fourth. Nice. So, a complete clusterfuck there. <laughs> yeah, we'll all have to play Rocket League Friday. Get Mel's yeah, in they, and on someone's team. Yeah, they seem to really like Rocket League. It's great. Uh, Kyle, Kyle likes Rocket League almost as much as Microsoft Flight Sim. <laughs> oh, poor Kyle. But let's see. Uh, of course, the Sunday sampler is still ongoing. Um, I think I know what I'm going to do this week, but not 100% certain until about Thursday, just because I don't know what may come in. And, of course, this podcast appears there on Fridays. You can find all that over at Gaming with Caffeine Rage on YouTube, or on the Twitters, Gaming with CR, where I tweet randomly. Uh, lately, I've been bitching about my medical uh, issues, and it's not even uh, my health directly. It's the fact that I'm getting the complete runaround by a medical supplier. Mm-hmm. I won't go into complete detail, but to get a medical thing that I need, I went in for a fitting on the 19th of December. I just got the call today that they're mailing it to me and I should get it early next week. Well, on the bright side, at least they called you finally. Um, yeah, about that. Oh, did you have this to call after... him again? No, 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 no. I-, I didn't tell you this part. I've been on them for three days now. Consecutive days. Oh, nice. I called them, uh, well, oh, I should say two days because uh, they called me before I called them <laughs> today. I called them Monday, uh, nice, bright and early. Got a receptionist or uh, an assistant or someone who was completely unhelpful and wasn't able to answer a single fucking question as she was essentially there just to take appointments. And she tells me that her supervisor uh, would have to answer my questions and she doesn't know when she'd be in. But uh, she took down my number and I gave her my cell phone number. uh, And that's important for later in the story. And to call me back on. So, uh, I go to sleep and, you know, make sure that my ringtone is nice and loud. Wake up, check my cell phone, to, because, you know, I didn't uh, get woke up before my alarm went off. No missed calls. Hmm. Yeah. Tuesday. Call again. Completely different time. I call late in the morning, uh, you know, just before lunch. Supervisor isn't there. Same person. Uh, and she remembers me. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, uh, ask, uh, when is the supervisor actually going to be in? She says, well, I don't know. She's off, uh, uh, at a uh, hospital doing something and, uh, but she'll call you back. And then I start to lose my temper. Yeah. Me lose my temper, right? Yeah. That never happens. <laughs> I, I, I started to raise my voice and say, Somehow I'm skeptical of that because she didn't call me yesterday. And Tuesday finishes up. 
I still hadn't gotten a call back. And here's the fun part is that the clinic is a block away from this place. Care to guess what I was going to do today if they didn't catch me? You're going to walk down there with your big stick? Yeah, I was going to, I was going to walk down there and talk to them directly. <laughs> and I was uh, getting in the car and I got a phone call. <laughs> it's like, oh shit. <laughs> He's going to be here in an hour. So it's just one of those things that that I actually had to go through all that. Just to even get an answer of what the fuck is going on. So that's been my... That's what I've been alluding to a lot on Twitter. And thankfully, uh, this isn't a a directly life-threatening medical condition. Because if if it was uh, something that I needed urgently... I would have been completely fucked. And the fun part is that my experience is about par for the course. I have no idea how the fuck they're still in business other than that they must be blowing doctors in the area that keep having patients sent to them. That's the only thing I can think of. And they're the only ones. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There is supposedly another one on the far side of town. But since this one is closer, a lot of uh, uh, doctors send them to this one. And uh, just the. Sorry. <laughs> well, I was replying. Oh, thanks. On. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't have a fun spring to spring. Quality content right here, folks. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're probably going to get yelled at for that, aren't probably, we? Probably, <laughs> but we we deserve it, I think. Yeah, well, after me yelling at people for two days, uh, you know, maybe it's uh, worthwhile to get yelled back at. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, what's been going on on Twitter, and you can find that over at Gameo CR. And that's really all I have online right now. Because I, I have to just appear in Jared's streams <laughs> when he actually streams. Because yeah, uh, well, uh, holidays and uh, life finding a way uh, has interrupted his streaming schedule in general. Life finding a way. Yes, we're in Jurassic Park. Life uh, finds a way. Well, there it is. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Okay. I think we've gotten even sillier just because we're on the second recording. The second now. recording, and, and I'm like barely and, here. And it's the, yeah. So, um, you can find us on our new Podbean site, vglpodcast.podbean.com. Uh, our RSS feed is at the top, and Google Play and iTunes is in the process of being updated or has iTunes updated. is updated. Sure uh, Google Play, I've, I received the email that I tweeted about last week where that they said that they had done it and it just needed to cycle through. I would imagine it's done by now, but... I... Well, let's put it this way. If you're on Google Play and hearing me, it's done. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah, and I just lost my place on the list. I need to edit the list. 
Um, once again, uh, send us, uh, your letters and tweets, vglpodcast at gbl.com with, uh, both text or audio letters. Uh, you don't have to be an, uh, uh, be able to record an audio file or even be a regular. You can be someone new and we would love to hear from, uh, new listeners. Uh, don't be shy. Jared only bites a little. Most of the time. <laughs> and he's uh, m- uh and he's uh mostly housebroken. <laughs> yeah. Mostly is the keyword there. And uh yeah. Usually. <laughs> and you can find us on Twitter at VGL Podcast. You can help pay for this absolute madness over on Patreon, patreon.com slash VGL Podcast. And that wraps us up. So it's uh intro and outro music is on the ground by Kevin McLeod, and you can find his work at incomputech.com and As always, it's his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye bye now. See you next time. Bye bye. I did bye-bye now at the end of the roundtable discussion. Bye-bye. And everyone looked at me strangely. <laughs> and I went, guys, I told you at the beginning, this is my internet personality. Just get over it. They all laughed and then clapped. Seriously, though, bye-bye. <laughs>